This is a content warning for the Critical Hit Podcast, a show where we get drunk and talk about stuff. That means you don't want your kids listening. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hello, world, and welcome to another episode of Critical Hit, a podcast where we drink beer and talk about everything. I am your host, Red King, and with me always is Crimson and Krona Warden. How is it going? And tonight, we are going to be trying Frosted Sugar Cookie by Southern Tier Brewing Company, um, continuing our uh, all-winter holiday-themed <laughs> beer offerings. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We will also be talking about... Soul Calibur, the series, yes. the entire series, um, because, right, they announced Tekken, so let's talk about Soul Calibur. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, right? They got swords. Listen, it's fitting. It's fitting. <laughs> are you guys ready? Yes. We are ready. We are Critical Hit. This is Frosted Sugar Cookie. Can I do it? How? <laughs> Cheers, bros. Let's go. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that is, wow. Holy smokes. That's pretty good. That's not bad. That's pretty no, no, wild. Su- okay. Not surprising. Mm-hmm. Not what I was expecting. That's a five. It's a... That's a solid rating for grown up, to be fair. That's seven for me. Um, Only because I freaking like vanilla. Yeah, I'm going to have to settle on a seven. I, I, I agree. I, I think it's, it's good and... You know, it's weirdly like it's not thick, but like it drinks thick for lack of a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's pretty. I mean, pretty on point. Flavor's good. Um, I don't know. I think my problem is, is I'd rather just eat a sugar cookie. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, or get some spiced eggnog <laughs> because they got sugar cookie eggnog from Hood. Okay. okay. And spike it. There you go. I'm just. It's like. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just there. So, here. So let's uh, <laughs> let's go through some stats. It is eight point six ABV. Oh, so, I forgot this was strong. Yeah. So what I've noticed <laughs> is that all of the holiday and the winter theme ones seem to want to get you fucked up. <laughs> they, well, they, Christmas can be rough. With they, the folks. They yeah. know why you're doing it. <laughs> and yeah, winter sucks. Holidays rough. Mm. Um. <laughs> My voice is rough today. It's a bit scruffy. Yes. We decided to have an all-night uh, karaoke session last night. Yeah, my voice actually recovered. You just absorbed his... Uh, <laughs> I absorbed his pain. <laughs> so, um, 10 IBU. This is um, actually not bitter at all, and, you know, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopped with Columbus Hops. I... A couple, the, the last couple of uh, episodes, I've been f- forgetting to talk about the hops and, you know, the two, the, the malt types, two-row pale flaked oats for this mm-hmm. one. Um, it, it's an eight now. I don't know. It's growing on me. It's weird. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's got, um, <laughs> so that kind of, like, butter taste, yeah. um, vanilla, like, kind of, like, it's... It's nice. It's nice to me. Yeah, I feel like the same profile. Like I can, ex- I can like imagine. As weird as it sounds, I can imagine it being hot as well, and like 
the flavor profile, not the beer right, itself. Yeah, you know I, what I'm I, saying? I get what I get you're what saying. You're, like, if it was a hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that would actually be phenomenal. So I'm like, it, I'm starting to appreciate it more as, like, we look outside and the weather is crappy and all the lights are up. It's like, I could have this just hot. This flavor profile is actually really good. So yeah, I'm starting to think we should move to the southern hemisphere so we can have Christmas and summer. Yeah. No. 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 Come on. I mean... Fuck the snow. For general living conditions, yeah. There's but white beaches. And. <laughs> <laughs> like. I'm sorry. I get what you're talking about. Do not. <laughs> I feel like this is his white beaches. <laughs> that's like. That's Crimson's favorite. Oh my god. That's <laughs> Oh my god. I couldn't. I'm sorry. As soon as he said it, I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, I meant the sand, you racist fuck. <laughs> Listen, no, <laughs> not, no. No, no. The, he likes he likes them all. He likes all <laughs> Um anyways, we've we've reviewed um some Southern Tier Brewing Company stuff. I uh, it was last last episode, right? I think it was. The Nitro? Yeah, I'm stuck I'm just stuck on Southern Tier Brewing Company. They make great They're uh, good. They make I mean, fantastic holiday offers. Yeah, so. yeah. I'll be stuck on them. Maybe I'll do one fucking more for the next episode. Um, but uh, a couple of things before we begin, right? It is the 18th? Yes. Yes. At our time, uh, time of recording? the 17th. Uh, yeah, 17th. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No, Christmas okay. is eight days away. I was wrong. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so two things regarding, or well, one thing regarding Christmas, right? Um... Buy your first-person shooters now. No. Work out the... No, no. Work off the cobwebs. Get your muscle memory right because uh-huh. there are going to be kids getting their console, getting into games for the first time. <laughs> Easy pickings. Yeah. Get that XP. Yeah, and you know... <laughs> and they're, they're going to be running some holiday double experiences that and everything, and you're going to be getting it really easy. Yep. Burn them, burn them newbies up. <laughs> Break them all in. Uh, and the second thing is we're going to... Um, Continue with our new segment, D and D Railed. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so we have been running our, we've been running this campaign for what almost yeah it's been it's been over a year, mm. and we are getting yeah we're getting close to like eighteen months yeah and we are getting also close to the final act um, the finale <laughs> so we resolved our. Um, rescue arc uh, last session um, kind of in an interesting way right <laughs> uh, we were not expecting that the lich that had captured our friend was um, not gonna fucking say friendly that asshole was not friendly um, <laughs> wasn't unfriendly but yeah, he, he was like, uh, he was a, he's a friend of me right off the show. Yeah, he, he, uh, <laughs> he was a lot less, uh, a lot less kidnappy, a lot more. Let's prevent our, let's prevent Aleander from, um, dying at the hands of his own powers type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was kind of that classic switcheroony, and I kind of really liked it. Um, one, because I just thought about it like, I didn't have gear or anything ready to like fight 
<laughs> and undead to that caliber. <laughs> so it's fine. It's fine. It was good. Um, and now we are at the final act. Um, the Archfey of Death and Destruction has made his move into our realm, and we are... We split the party right away, because that was, you know, obviously everyone's got their... Everyone's got their things to go for. Um, personal stakes has yeah, become a thing. Yeah, now it's like, like it's gotten so personal for each of our characters. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing who <laughs> who survives. It's kind of ironic because when I look at it and I like I look at because uh, our uh, one of our central locations that uh, we call Luskin has. Um, become quite a it's like a melding pot of everybody's story yeah. <laughs> everyone's characters have like a main story thing happening in Luskin so it's like yeah, all the threads know. made their way yeah so now we're we're all going there we're we're all gonna end up in the same you know capital but we're gonna yeah like we're we're there but separate yeah yeah which is very uh it's it's gonna be interesting you know the this guy's blacked out by an eclipse a permanent eclipse just everything's shattering and we got to draw cards <laughs> with uh magical effects that include um Incredible amounts of damage to the point where my character was Grego was within four points of actually being unconscious or dying. Yep. And the now here's the thing, interesting, interesting part is that I could have there was there was you said it was a um, there was not a role to confirm their crit. There was a critical threat that did confirmation did not go through. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. went nat 20 and then they rolled a 6. Yeah, so... Which they couldn't hit your AC on that. Had that happened, I would have died from cards. <laughs> yeah, three, that's the lucky thing about 3-5 is like that conf, the confirmation of criticals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, during combat or during damage. Yeah, I, I literally would have died as a kobold half orc who thought he was a hobgoblin. That was a lot of mind shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every time you drew, I rolled enchantment. <laughs> and I don't know why. Yeah, and the sole purpose of me drawing more cards was because uh, my character happens to have a very big problem with being short. As being a, a half orc, he, he was. Curse with the height of an average human being. <laughs> Curse. <laughs> just being normal as a human. So, uh, yeah, no, I got short. He saw himself as shorter, so he tried to draw another card. And then got shorter. And got and shorter. Then and, then, almost died. and then almost died. The very yeah. next draw. <laughs> um, so next week is going to be a great, uh, great session and maybe one that involves tons of... Um, Tons of all of us dying because as a party, we're a lot better together than um, split up. <laughs> but we will see and we will tell. Um, we'll tell you all about it in our next uh, installment of D&D Realty. Yes. So now we're here. Now we're at Soul Calibur. Um, a tale of souls and swords. Yes. <laughs> Eternally retold. That's actually <clears throat> one of my favorite things about that is the intro. They, yes. They never changed it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, do we, what do we say as far as 
how many years has Soul Calibur been kicking around or slashing around? Huh. Twenty-seven huh. years huh. old now. Yes. No, both because you you do ha- usually have a kick of some kind. Yeah. Well, yes, A B K. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um. 3D swords fighting. Amazing. <laughs> well, that's the thing about Soul Calibur, right? It's kind of unique in the fighting game sphere. Mm-hmm. Not so, yes, there are other fighters that do 3D effects, but you're usually still just on the X and Y axes. Yes. They don't generally incorporate Z. Right. And and they did it, you know, they were deep, man. Like, that's the thing is, like, eventually you started seeing more 3D fighters start to adapt. You know, you can use your full range of movement, but you were, like, almost full sprinting in every direction. Like, if you see Soul Calibur's movement in, like, in a, the hands of a pro player, yeah. like, it's insane. Yes. Like, you're, it's not some weird, like, because with Tekken and Street Fighter to a lesser extent, it's like, your movement is kind of like a glitch for lack of a better term. Like you, you know, there's certain little, I can step in, step out, do a little bit of a twitch step. Like it kind of like throw you off. And Tekken's got that weird, like duck cancel movement thing. It's very strange, but it's like soul caliber was literally built on just like get book in it. there. Yeah. Yeah. Book it, man. Run your ass. Off. <laughs> I think I'm trying to think of it. Well, there's obvious, like, 2D fighters like uh, Samurai Showdown and stuff that had characters with swords. And then there was that, what was that one, uh, that one really weird arcade one where you could chop people's limbs off? Bushido Blade? No, 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 no. Though you might have been able to. No, it was like a, it was a 2D one and it was kind of like creepy looking, like it had weird 2D pixelated graphics and you could cut arms and legs off and like you would lose limbs and you could be like a dude... With, like, one leg. I remember that. you don't that. have a sword in, I re- like, you don't have arms. I forgot the name of it, but I remember what you're talking about. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was very you weird. You cut people's legs off in Soul Calibur. That would be great. <laughs> um, that would then make it Mortal Kombat. <laughs> true, but you can't do that mid-fight in Mortal true, Kombat. True. <laughs> at least not without it being reversed instantly. Because it's like, oh, look at this, you know... Fatal blow where I'm like, I essentially murder you, but you're just fine. And that's right. <laughs> four, four HP. Yeah. <laughs> but a flesh wound. Yes. It's like, dude, I stabbed you in both your eyes. <laughs> I have a third. <laughs> so who, who do you play in Soul Calibur? This is going to be the tough one. Okay. So here's the thing. Who do I play? I'm going to say more often than not, I find myself uh, on Cervantes or Keelik would be my, my, my two choices. So those are my two mains. Are you serious? hundred percent. Oh, I'm a little scared of that because you're better at the game in general. So if I did, they're good though. They're really like, like that's the one thing I will say. Um, Cervantes and like because I like rushdown characters, man. Cervantes is heavy pressure, man. He's 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 good for that, dude. You know, two because his his data, man. He's two swords. He's got that flying move where he's just like a freaking blade tornado. He just yeah, and like it's just heavy, heavy How pressure. How much have you gotten to mess around with him in six? I haven't really gotten to. I haven't gotten to play six much in general. I. 
got it pretty much as soon as I got my Xbox Series X. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is until recently, if you if you watch the other episodes, I really haven't been playing video games that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really haven't been able to play it all that much. I played it in preparation for this episode just to kind of like refresh my memory on who I liked to play and everything like that. Um, he has some really good like. Uh quick charges he has teleports yeah and that's there yeah that's the other thing he he's was also one of the few characters in soul Calibur that can really have what you'd call an air juggle combo yeah talum is another one yep yep and that's you know keelik keelik's close second if not like so keelik would actually be better for me See, I would say Cervantes first only because of my... That's my play style with every fighting game. Right. I, I'm just, it, you know, most people, you know, they like range, pokes, footsies. I'm like, I'm just going to get in your face. Like My defense in fighting games admittedly is generally horrible, hmm. but usually my pressure is crazy good. Right, but the benefit of Soul Calibur is, is that no one play style wins, right? You can't turtle because there's guard breaks and unblockables. Yep. You can't just constantly pressure because there's guard impact. Mm hmm. Which I, I do. I've, I've always loved that about the gameplay loop of Soul Calibur. It's like, you know, coming from my my background is mostly 2D fighters. Yeah. You know, obviously, I guess there's not too many that have really permeated the 3D fighters sphere as much as Tekken and Soul Calibur, ironically, being a, the same developer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, just the the amount of options that you have make it so that. You can't just rely on one strategy. Yeah. If you if you can't like dynamically think of something new, you know, man, try to turtle when there's a quick character. Any of the quick characters. Yep. Turtle against Maxi, I dare you. You ain't turtling against so Maxi. Maxi has the big problem of his breach is garbage. It is, yeah. but he's quick. He and is. He's okay. quick and he's tricky. That's he's, so, that's my that's my main yeah. that game is Maxi. And my secondary would probably be Yoon Song. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Yun Song's a good one though. Weird though, both very short range. Yeah. Yun Song has more reach and his moves tend to be more flippy. Yeah. The thing about Maxi is is that he has seven different stances he can switch between, right? The problem is is that if you're fighting Nightmare, hmm. Nightmare just stabs you with Soul Edge and then pulls you in. And Nightmare, even if you get in within Soul Edge's reach, he has that giant fucking monster claw that he doesn't <laughs> kick. He just punches and yeah. grabs you. Yeah, that, that's why I said most of the time you have kicks because he's yeah he's the one that gets well, just <laughs> Siegfried is another one, right? Because he has his own stance changes. Like mm -hmm. if you get the one where like you have the sword smashed into the ground on the side, or if you're like kneel down with the blade in front of you yeah that if you hit that launch you get some free hits on people that's the one thing i will say that i really love about some of the solo caliber characters being like you know because they got the big ass chonky swords right so yeah. it's like you know you look at somebody like siegfried and it's like oh he's gonna be like this weird like lethargic slow but like Strong character, but no, like he is actually pretty quick. That's what I'm saying. Like sand changes, like he, yeah, he's got like you know he's spinning his sword around him every two seconds. Like he's like very like flowy, which yeah. is like, which is kind of cool considering like the style of that character is just big, heavy. Yeah, I think that they actually took pretty good amount of care when it came to uh, crafting the characters and how they how they move and in relation to their weapons. Well, that's been one of the things that they've been, Project Soul has always tried to do is with each generation, 
they try and differentiate people's fighting styles more. Because the thing is, is that Cervantes's current fighting style was not his original. Right. <laughs> he had two long swords back in the day, and he was fucking broken. Yeah. He yeah. was well, in he, Soul Edge. He was the final boss of Soul Edge. Yes. Which, yeah, that was another he thing. He was I, the first wielder of the sword in the game. Yeah. I totally forgot to uh, mention this when we started, um, but uh, spoiler alert, because we're this is going to be our first deep dive into the Soul Calibur series, and we're going to talk about story, we're going to talk about characters, we're going to talk, talk all the plotline stuff. Yeah, tragedies, because <laughs> yes. there's many, many yeah. tragedies. So, it, you know, if at any point we, you know, at any point from here on in, it's all spoiler territory. So yeah. it's our first episode that we're going to do it, and uh, we're, we'll do more of them, and... Uh, and you'll um, know. We'll, we'll 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 tell you if it's a deep dive. We're gonna put it in the title. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> um, I will say though, real quick, just sidebar. A, a, a very very close third is Mitsurugi. Mitsurugi. Ooh, I love that guy. Like just, he's a badass. That's the one thing I like about him, man. Like, and the thing is, it's more from story than from gameplay. Cause See, the funny part is, is that if you asked me in Soul Calibur Five. Four, not so much three. Mm. Maybe not even four, really. Mitsurugi probably would have been my third. Not really my third anymore. Really? Cassandra. Oh, okay. That's fair. Cassandra had a very sad ending to the, to the original line of... <laughs> no, so. her ending is fine. You're thinking of her sister, Sophia. No, no, they both did because... Cassandra doesn't die. Here's the thing, though. It is, it is, it's summarized that she actually does die. Which is kind of interesting. I did. I did uh, kind of do a little bit of deep diving into that, and her whole bloodline is kind of tragic. And she supposedly died trying to always secure safety for her sister. Like oh. she wanted to do things instead of her See, sister. See, that's weird that you found that though, because like literally in Pyrrha and Patroclus's story, it. At least for Patroclus, it mentions she's still alive. Well, the thing is, though, the, apparently the canon ending is she dies. I want to say it's, it's at the hands of... No, it wasn't at the hands of any one given character. It was a collapse of a dimension, pretty much, yeah. and she was just in there. <laughs> like, that's the thing. It wasn't, it wasn't outright said that she was killed. She was just trapped in a dimension at the time that... Um, uh, what's his face? I just talked about him. Siegfried. There we go. Uh, Siegfried uh, destroyed Soul Edge for the last time. At the end of four. Yeah, yeah. And she was in that dimension and was just, it just kind of collapsed inside basically like all goals dimension. So we're going to, I guess with that, we'll, we're going to get into it. We're going to start the deep dive. Yeah. Um. So as far as the story goes, right, the... The titular soul caliber or edge, um, <laughs> depending on how old you fucking are, um, <laughs> or Japanese. Yeah. Well, uh, so the thing is, is that yes, in Japan it was Soul Edge for the first game. Everywhere else, it was Soul Blade. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So Soul Edge is a sword that was forged by a nameless blacksmith. Um, well, that's not quite true anymore. Right. They, they, I think they eventually did name him. I'm, uh, alcohol. Yep. No, Soul no, King. no, no. He's not the smith, but he is the wielder. Yeah, he was, so. And he's why the sword exists. So the Soul Edge, um, was created and it was 
it was more or less a broadsword. It was a very nice sword, and it saw battles, and um, basically a sword drenched in blood and death, and eventually developed more or less its own spirit. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was all evil and just violent and and deadly and angry. And uh, the 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 thing about it is it. When you grab it, it gets a hold of you as well. And <laughs> Algol was the one of the first wielders to actually have the blade and not be completely taken over by it. He's mm. he's one got of that three that were never just completely possessed by the sword. Yes, mm. maybe four. I think I honestly think he was the only one who straight up did not he he's the he only one never who, suffered any effects from zero it. effects cuz that that was essentially it was his weapon the weapon yes. was not like yes. wielding him so it, to yeah, speak it, there were there were many people before him no cuz he's the one responsible for the forging of the blade he forged soul caliber after his son died after he had to kill his son <laughs> For wielding Soul Edge. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. <laughs> um, uh, the very interesting thing about uh, these two blades is that through the storyline, there is Soul Edge that is like absolutely evil, and then there's Soul Caliber, which is just a little less fucking evil. <laughs> <laughs> I've always really liked that about this series. Well, um, the thing is, is Soul Caliber was made from shards of Soul Edge mm-hmm. that were purified. Yes. And technically, it, quotes as fuck. it's like, because if you think of something like Shin Megami Tensei and you think about, like, it's more like law and order blade, it's not necessarily like, because good is sort of ambiguous, whereas like... It's law and chaos. Yeah, yeah. It's the, so, interestingly enough, you won't find that in, just to bring D&D back into it, there's your two alignment axes, right? You have good and evil and law and chaos. Most campaigns tend to fall on the good and evil thing. Mm-hmm. More interesting campaigns to me personally tend to fall on the law versus, well, yeah, law versus chaos. Because then you can have, if you're doing the chaos side, you can have a chaotic good and a chaotic evil character in a party together. Mm-hmm. Or if you're doing the lawful side, you can have a lawful good and a lawful evil. Yeah. Because their goal is upholding the law. This, how they attain that doesn't matter. Right. So I'm I'm gonna say so let let's dig in let's dig in like this because uh Chrono happens to be our, our resident uh Soul Caliber professional. So when it comes to, I, I love fighting games. I'm good at fighting games. But when it comes to a deep dive in a story, if and really any story of a game that he's into, I'm gonna rely on Chrono Word <laughs> for that. So um, so I'm gonna say start us off. Start us off on the right foot, and we'll we'll Indeed. start. We'll start. Well, do you want to start with the first game story and go in, or do you want to start with Algol? I, I'm gonna say Algol, and then we'll kind of go games after because I feel like Algol is kind of like the He's, the beginning yeah, so he to is because he everything. was the wielder of Soul Edge yeah so let's start there and then we'll go because it's basically Algol is the warrior king mm-hmm. and he was working on conquering the world in some far off time long ago mm-hmm. uh, it's never been outright confirmed but it's possibly theorized that him and Zazalamel are from the same tribe mm-hmm Zoslamel, he, he cool he, motherfucker. I, to him, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I love that character. He's yeah. cool. He's cool. His move sentence six is really, really good. I gotta actually play him. He, more uh, so, just quick sidebar. 
So you remember how in Soul Calibur 3 there was Abyss, which was his, uh, like, possessed form. Like, he had taken the essence of both blades in himself. Didn't go crazy. Yeah. Which makes him one of the few. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he actually got some of Abyss's moves in 6. That is cool. That is cool. And like, it, they kind of brought them together. Isn't Abyss the evil within Soul Edge? Wasn't that a thing? No, it's literally... He has absorbed the essence of both Soul Calibur and Soul Edge, and since he has lived so many lives studying these two weapons, he knew the rituals needed to do that. Oh, because you have to remember, Zal Salamel's only goal originally was to die. Die, yep, yep. And then he basically became a god, <laughs> and is like, huh, that's different. That's why you end up fighting him most of the time. Night Inferno is technically the spirit of Soul Edge. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And then Night Terror, the actual boss of Soul Calibur 3. Yes. Yep. Is just Soul Edge completely unhinged. Yeah. Possessing yeah. the Azure armor that, you know, Zal Salamal reanimates. But, so yes, Algol is the Warrior King. He gets Soul Edge... And ends up, you know, causing untold amounts of bloodshed with the sword. But mm. it never possesses him because he's like, no. But his son is jealous of his conquests. And there's always that saying that strong fathers raise weak sons. Okay, gotcha. So Arcturus is his son's name. He ends up picking up the sword and tries to use it immediately overtakes him. Yeah, instantly he was gone. <laughs> so Algol has to kill his son and shatters the blade. Okay, gotcha. Now, the thing about Algol is is that the sword still kind of, like, had some residual, like, effect in him because that's his fighting style, right? He has both blades. Yeah. Which I'm kind of sad he wasn't in six because he was really fun to play in five. Well, they'll, I mean, they'll probably bring him back in seven. Yeah. Well, well, it depends on where they go in the story because remember, Soul Calibur six is a rebooting of Soul Calibur two. They they better not ever fucking ab abandon him as a character. Yeah, he's he, fucking amazing. Yeah, yes, he's fun. Yeah. Agreed. There, that, that that needs to be a thing. <laughs> but essentially, after that, Soul Edge just like disappears from history. Like it turns out because there's other battles and shit like that. But Algol basically just seals himself away after killing his son and forging Soul Calibur. Mm. And doesn't wake up until Soul Calibur 4, which is after the evil seed has been released, which happens at the end of 1, when, well, technically Soul Edge 1, Siegfried picks up the blade. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. But And that, that kind of leads us into proper yes, Soul Edge. This leads that. us into the first game, which, ironically enough, do you want to know who, in the original arcade version... Who the characters were. Hmm. These are the nine characters in since the beginning. The home version did get a couple others. Did they change the names in the home version? I think that they did, right? No. Oh, okay. So okay. They, they were original from start to finish. So, Heishiro Mitsurugi. Yep. Huang in Korea for this game. Okay. Because samurais are not viewed favorably in Korea due to history. Which ah. we're not going to get into. <laughs> There's a lot. Due to history. I, dude, I watched a whole that Netflix yes. documentary on yeah, that. It's, like, it's yeah. bad. Ooh. It gets... But it's, it is so... It's a good watch. <laughs> uh, Siegfried Stauffen. Yes. Yes. Then Taki. Good. Which, interestingly enough, in this game, she only used one dagger. 
She used one Kodachi. She was not a dual wielder in this game. I, okay, that's interesting. And Lee did Long, Siegfried have a, he had a boo-boo-ass haircut. Yeah, <laughs> yes. He had short hair. He definitely, yes, haircut. He still had his fly-hander, so. Yeah, yeah. Lee Long. Lee Long? Yeah, that's, he gets replaced by Maxi. Oh, okay. He uses a nunchaku. And then, interestingly enough, in Europe in this game, he used a three-section staff because the UK nunchucks are illegal. That's what? awesome. That is cool. <laughs> the amount of localization that went in old games was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it re- really was. <laughs> yeah. So, Fetia Alexandra. Okay. Rock. Oh, oh really? Yeah, That's one of the impressive. originals. Okay. <laughs> Song Mina. Okay. Yep. And then Valdo. Those are your original playable cast. Cervantes Whoa. is a character in the game, but he came out when they released it again. Okay. But and and he is the He uh, is the villain of the first game. That's the final yeah, boss. Yeah. He is the wielder of Soul Edge because as a pirate, he found it he makes contact with like Valdo's master. And Valdo's master's like, hey, you should go get the sword for me, because the Merchant of Death, or whatever the fuck his master is called. <laughs> I don't like Valdo as a character. He's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That cod piece that yes. always gets worse yes. every game. Yeah. 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 Just add another spike. Like, the, fu- the most amazing thing about this game, to me, one of the most amazing things is how, like, Kind of, they have like two, like really, like kind of pervy characters in the game, and one of them is a dude <laughs> with a constantly growing copy. right? So, like, <laughs> at least so equal with their perviness. Yeah, like, yeah. Ivy's <laughs> outfit gets smaller every episode. Every uh, not episode, every um, game, her outfit gets like smaller, and smaller, and smaller, and Valdo's codpiece gets bigger and bigger. And bigger. <laughs> But, yes, then they also had Inferno. Soul Edge itself was a playable character in the home version. Right. And then you could unlock Song Han Myung, which this is the only game he has a playable character in. Right. Lee Long does make a return in Soul Calibur 3 as a bonus character for the custom nonchuck style. Uh, yep, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. Because they, they sort of... It, they fake added extra characters to a certain extent in uh, Soul Calibur 3. Yeah, but Soul Calibur 3 was good for that. It was, and I did kind of like it. Because they like, had Arthur as the uh, katana wielder. Yeah, so, yeah, they kind of... You want to know what was, that was interesting? Because Soul Calibur 3 was the first one to start doing the create a soul yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And they had a whole host of... I don't want to say generic, because it kind of it was kind of nice to have... Um, just non-characteristic weapon. Agreed there. Weapon dis like disciplines. Disciplines. The problem is, is that they were not balanced well. They were stupid. Well, some of them were just uber fucking powerful. Like, so if you used that great sword, like it got to the point where I would just cheese things with that great sword. Yeah. Yeah. If you did, uh, I forget the exact combo. I think it's your. uh, it would have been triangle and circle together. It was a double slice overhead. So if your opponent blocked the first one, the second one would technically go past their guard because their guard would have been down. Right. Oh, yeah. So it was, that was 
cheese bait, cheese bait. But, yeah. but at the same time, it was kind of nice because you got to, like, your sword and shield style did not have Sophitia or Cassandra's body language. So, yeah, because, like, a dude with a sword and shield. Because it does get weird. Because it, 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 and you kind of start to realize that when you start seeing things like Soul Calibur 5. Yeah. Because there's, like, oh, Patroclos is dude. Sword and so shield. Patroclus' where, fighting style is amazing. Yeah. So the thing about it is, is that Sophia has the outright more sexual moves, right? Because <laughs> she just jumps on a dude's head or woman and just twists with her legs, right? Yeah. Right? And then hops off. Cassandra's is worse because she's very poppy. Just like, and you get a dude doing some... Uh, Throwing like, the ass back. Throwing the, the ass back. The, the, the jumping, the jumping yeah. ass attack. That uh, yeah, a- they both have that attack. But the thing is, is that Cassandra's is more like playful or just more like visceral. Because her throws are way more like she fucking stabs you with the sword and then jumps in the air onto the sword and then pulls it out of you. Yep. Like Cassandra might have the butt jump, but her fighting style is a lot of fun. Right. I, I do she agree. Just a shield and everything. Just horribly inappropriate for a male. And like that's the thing is well, that's yeah. that, that's where I agree with Red King is that like I did like having the generic fighting styles because it, it made it so that if I wanted to have a sword shield character who was a dude, he didn't have to suffer through the fact that he's gonna have every mannerism that this right or female have to use a lizard man. Yeah, exactly, and, and, which and has different problems. Yeah, which now you're you're like a humanoid character, just like acting like a furry. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I will people. Yeah, I will say though. Can I just throw this out there? And we'll, we'll get into this because we're going in that in that direction. But mm-hmm. Sophia was the first. I'm going to say the first popular video game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, she was fine. And, uh, of course. and <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> she, crimson, uh, uh, thirst crimson Thirst Train is yeah. on the track. If, yep. if you want to know my waifu <laughs> in Soul Calibur, Sophia was my waifu. <laughs> See, that's funny because Song Mina. Listen, for all intents and purposes, Genoa. Really? Really great. Um, anyways, <laughs> come on. We're putting a lot of ourselves out here. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah, that's fine. Anyway, <laughs> so to get back to the story of the first game, it's the god Hephaestus contacts Sophitia by calling her to his shrine, right? And, yeah, or she's forgot, bathing I or forgot something. there's actual gods bathing? in this by this. But yeah, way, Hephaestus that's some, is... That's some God of War type Yeah, there's yeah, actually... Like, no, they're all there. It's crazy. Okay. Like, Hephaestus it, is a dick. Right. They they so, tie in Soul Calibur with so, so much. <laughs> like, the thing is, is that Sophitia was actually praying to Athena at the time. But Hephaestus ends up revealing himself to her and demands that she destroy Soul Edge because it put any of his personal creations to shame. Ha! So here's the thing, right? He picks 24 fighters. One of them being Aeon Kalkos, who becomes Lizard Man. Oh, wow. We don't know who the other 22 are, because Cassandra is not one of the originals. Technically, mm. she takes Sophitia's stuff, and then Sophitia's husband, Rothian, or Rothlin, I forget if it's an L. Rothan. Rothan. Rothan, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. He forges her new ones. Right. So Cassandra ends up with the Omega Sword and Shield, and Sophitia gets newer shit which I think is also still just called the Omega because that was her. She's the last one. Right. 
Uh, Aeon wielded uh, XI. I don't know what that is in Greek. So hmm. she. Shine. That's the very like Chinese pronunciation, though. Ha. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're right. Roman. Well, that'd be a numeral. That's a numeral. That's no XI is it's a letter. That's Roman. You're thinking of yeah. Roman. yeah it's Roman. eleven in Roman. <laughs> but hey, <laughs> they wielded eleven. This is not Stranger Things. I promise. <laughs> but she gets tasked with destroying it, and she's like, "Dude, I'm a freaking baker's daughter. I don't know how to fight." And he's like, "Nah, you good. Just go." <laughs> yeah, that's pretty that, much what he said. That is kind of funny because that was one of the things that I always kind of found weird when you like. Because I guess you can argue in pretty much all of Japanese media to a certain extent when it comes to the whole like um, farmer heroes or yeah, from yeah, yeah, heroes from, from yeah, yeah, heroes from yeah. humble beginnings. And we'll, we'll call it that. And that was kind of the most random humble beginning I could have thought of like I, I didn't really know just how like and it's, <laughs> also, it's also kind of like really in the pocket for um for like the pantheonic gods <laughs> is to just grab somebody and be like I don't care just do what I told you <laughs> yeah yeah like best of luck best of luck <laughs> I don't care about your qualifications I said for you to do something. Yeah. And <laughs> which, well, that's why Kratos has many, many problems with the Greek pantheon. Hey, yes. do, before we continue, speaking of which, of you bringing that up, do you remember the PSP Soul Calibur? Yeah, he's in it. Yeah. So now remember how I said they tie it into so much crap? Uh-oh. So arguably <laughs> speaking, Kratos in Soul Calibur is canon. So yeah, I think he's in the non-canon game. Though. So, so here's the thing, though. I'm saying that if you if you talk, because remember about they it, brought the the one dude, because, uh, it, what was the, he he was dumb. He had a top hat. A top. Hat. Dampierre. Dampierre. Yeah. They put him in. Yeah. So it's canon. Kratos could come in there and just fuck up any pantheon he wants. And the reason why I say so is because the, the Soul Cap was connected to like. Modern stuff with like even just in its own its its own creator's history, Yoshimitsu. Granted, it's a title, yes, but Yoshimitsu is throughout the entire history of Soul Calibur and Tekken. Now, mind you, they also had a crossover, which this explains a bit more of the, of the uh, guest character of uh, Hihachi Mishima in Soul Calibur 2 yeah. because they are in definitively the same universe. Now, here's the other thing. Akuma is also in definitively the same universe as Tekken, which means yeah. Akuma is also in definitively the same universe as Soul Calibur. Yeah. Any, mostly any guest character has had some actual real tangibility in Soul Calibur and Tekken universes. So here's the thing. Yeah. Kratos is canon <laughs> in Soul Calibur. Okay. Yeah, just, just by the fact that Project they, Soul leans they, so hard. They do it. They don't make it. Even Link's appearance in Soul Calibur 2 was completely... Well, yeah, they always write it into the yeah, story. Yeah, and yeah. They, make it, they make it so that, you know, even if he appears for a short amount of time and is gone afterwards... Yep. Multiverses exist in Soul Calibur. Yep. <laughs> Time travel exists in Soul Calibur. Well, yeah, because that's so, how Heihachi gets back. Yeah, Heihachi. That's how any of the the Star Wars characters. No, the, Star Wars is a portal. Oh, that yeah, that's correct. That's that's, that's right. That's it right. Is technically, Star Wars is 
as far as um, chrono- chronology. Yeah. Ooh, um, a long ah. time ago when a galaxy fall fall away. Yeah, <laughs> so they're older than Soul Calibur. Yeah. So, just so you know, I, I just figured that'd be interesting to bring up because you happened to say Kratos, and that was on my mind because I didn't know if anybody remembered the PSP Soul Calibur. I almost didn't. <laughs> now I wrote... I had to literally think about that. I was like, Kratos was in a Soul Calibur game yes, at one point. Yes, he was. that was Destin's Souls, yes, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, oh, man, that was like, that was hype for it. So as far as the chess pieces in the immortal struggle versus the good and evil blades, we do actually have, so we have one, Sophitia. Sophitia so far. So the thing is, is that Mitsurugi is a samurai, right? His whole story up until three is, I got beat by a gun. I need a better soul. <laughs> That's why I love it. <laughs> He's also one of the few characters who um, just has a shard of soul edge and just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has the warrior soul. Doesn't yeah. succumb to malfestation. Yep. Doesn't go crazy. That's his thing, right? One, Algol ends up being his big villain because he's like, that's the fucking strongest warrior. So if I beat him, I'm the strongest warrior. Yes. <laughs> so it's that whole, cause that's kind you could say Algol has the same thing. He's got the warrior spirit. Soul edge cannot defeat a strong minded person. So he's the guy. Mm-hmm. Well, is. you have Taki mm. is also, cause technically she's wielding the evil demon dagger. It, it is an, it is a shard of soul. Edge yes. Yeah. Never corrupts her. Yeah, she doesn't get that until the second game. Someone out, actually, someone in the Lee Long story is actually wielding that dagger in Soul Edge. Because okay. Taki picks it up. It was Taki and Sophia who first. So yes, let me get to that. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, so, I'm jumping ahead. Cervantes has taken over the port city of Valencia in Spain. So Sophia goes from Greece, the Ottoman Empire, the time in history where Soul Calibur is. She goes to Spain. She finds him there, is fighting him, is technically winning. She breaks one of his swords, and all the soul edge shards get inside her. She does not turn evil, though. But yeah. this sets up a lot of the events of the series. Yes. Okay. But as Cervantes is about to strike Sophitia down, Taki shows up and just, like, knifes him. And <laughs> then Taki, being a really cool person... Carries Sophitia all the way back to Greece on her back. That's a long yeah. journey. Yeah. <laughs> she, uh, she, she probably had a mule at some point, bro. <laughs> <laughs> she probably had a mule. She's also got killer abs. Nah, she's just a fucking ninja. <laughs> she just teleported from fucking Spain to Greece. <laughs> she did like a series of long jumps. <laughs> Sophitia's family's like, the fuck? Somehow still Naruto running. <laughs> yes. But so. After Taki and Sophia are gone, Cervantes's body is laying there, obviously, because he's dead. Oh, the, shit. Actually, pirates don't get no love. <laughs> the shards of his one bot, the shards of his one sword went into Sophia. The other sword is still there. Hmm. So Soul Edge is just right by his corpse. Who should happen to walk up but one Siegfried? <laughs> and he loots the dead pirate. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And that triggers the evil seed. Right. So what is it about, what's it about Siegfried that makes it so, like, 
So he the, had that chemical reaction with that sword. Effectively, uh-huh. what it is is that Siegfried had been a knight for a very long time. He was with his father Frederick. He was a Landschnack. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that means. It's Land Knight. Got you. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it's it's funny. I, I it just it just sounds funny. <laughs> well, they were just basically heavy infantry, right? That's yeah. Why Germany was very hard to well, Prussia, the Holy Roman Empire. What was it that made because Siegfried left and joined a band of mercenaries? Yes, he left his father's service and joined the Black Wind, the Schwarzwald. Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. And they end up because Siegfried already kind of had shit going on in his head, right? Because he failed as a knight and as a soldier, so he joined a band of mercenaries. Kind of guts in it, and they yeah, yeah, end up they're very attacking guts. a group of knights. And he cuts off the leader's head, and then as he holds it up into the moonlight, it's his dad's head. So he gets, like, he ends up with almost a dissociative identity disorder thing. Because there's part of him that knows he killed his dad, but he ends up twisting it to that he needs to find the person who did kill his dad. So he starts looking for Soul Edge because it's the legendary blade. So that is the thing that puts the evil seed within him. So he ends up finding his goal, and that's why it's what really just, he's kind of like the destined wielder of both swords. Really the first one since Algol. Right. So now what, because about what time frame did uh, Siegfried's kind of disassociative disorder kind of thing come in? Was that Soul Calibur? So it's... Soul Edge. Okay, so he's that, already killed his dad. So that yeah, by the original Soul Edge, he's already in that uh, state. That's like fifteen eighty something. Right, and then by Soul Calibur two, because you have because um, by that point there was no Siegfried. There was yes, just nightmare. It was just nightmare in, in Soul Calibur two because they had two different forms by that point, and one was full nightmare in Azure armor, and the other one was just a weird giant arm. arm. Siegfried. Siegfried. And then the third costume was just normal Siegfried, yeah. but it was still Nightmare. Yeah. And more or less, it took him pretty quick. Yes, it yeah. was immediate, because that's what triggers like the activation of characters like Tira, yep. who just fucking also has bullshit going on in mm. her head. Because uh, Siegfried was the weak son. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that's yep. his whole thing. He's he was the weak son. Yep. Did you know he father? actually he yeah. goes to try and visit his mom at one point? Because here's the thing, right? So in Soul Calibur, he has found Soul Edge and it is resonating with him. He actually recruits Astaroth, Aeon Kalkos, and Ivy Valentine mm-hmm. to be his like triumvirate of guards to help him harvest souls. Right. Because this time, at this point in time, Ivy is trying to figure out stuff about herself. Obviously, there's things going on with her. Because this gets us into Soul Calibur. Mm-hmm. So here's your returning characters: Cervantes, fueled by rage, spite, and murder, <laughs> comes back from the dead and pulls the sword chunks out of himself, and makes another Soul Edge, and then he picks up his old pistol sword. Right. Huang returns as his own separate character this time. Mm. Mitsurugi. Rock is back. Okay. Song Mina. Siegfried. Taki, now using dual Kodachis. Valdo and Inferno, who is the mimic character in this game. 
the new characters, Arthur, the Korean version, replacing Mitsurugi in that version. Okay. Astaroth being based on Rock because Rock is basically just a fucking giant dude who is really good at fighting. Okay. Edgemaster, the other mimic. Uh-huh. All right. Also and- Keelix teacher. Ivy. Now that's, yeah, that's definitely right. That's, um... Because you'll see later in the series that, right. that, that, you, that shows a lot more when it comes to Keelix. Yes. Edgemaster is very important to multiple people's stories, including Patroclus. Okay. Then Ivy, Keelik, Lizard Man, aka Aeon Kalkos, Maxi, Nightmare, Zhonghua, and then Yoshimitsu. So they doubled the roster, basically. Yeah, they added a huge amount of characters. Yeah. In, and that was just in the first one. Yes. This yes. Is, so this is the one that. Originally, Namco had been looking at releasing it on the PlayStation 1. Well, the original PlayStation, because there's the one that came out later that was the smaller, sleeker, more powerful one. Mm -hmm. The Slim, basically. Right. But the original PlayStation actually did not have enough processing power for Namco. So this is the only game besides Soul Edge to have never released on a PlayStation console. Right. Mm. Because they released on the Dreamcast, and that's where the series took off. Right. This is where it earned the name Soul Calibur. Yeah. Okay. Permanently. Now, Soul Calibur 1, because Keelik by that point is... Keelik becomes... So, effectively, your main trio in this one is Keelik, Zhongwa, and Maxi. Right. Taki returns right. because she's very important to the story of destroying Soul Edge over and over and over and over and over again. Right. Because <laughs> basically it ends up being you've got Astaroth slew Maxi's crew. Right. Which pisses Maxi off. Uh, he meets Keelik and Zhongwa, I think, in India. Mm-hmm. And they end up sailing towards Alstrinsburg Castle which is one of those locations that turns up constantly in the series. Yes. But effectively, it's those three and Taki kind of in the background up against Lizard Man, Astaroth, uh, Ivy, Ivy, and Siegfried. Right. With Cervantes kind of floating in the background as, yes. a, as a wild card type yes. of... Right. He's still around because he wants his sword back. Right. He's like, that's my fucking property. I came back from the dead for this shit. I'm going to be the fucking king of the world. Yeah, I forgot, because by that point, he's a ghost pirate. Yes. Because he, he was full he's on ghostly killed. ghost Cause, pirate. Because you remember, we got into Soul Calibur and Soul Calibur 2. Yeah. So we were kind of deep. For all intents and purposes, we were pretty deep into the story by that point. But it was so, hard for the American audience to get their hands on the... On the classic games. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of a... It was a hot commodity. It was hard to acquire. And imports were heavy at the time, which was kind of interesting because that was one of those games that was like, if you were those people who got into the import side of things, that was one of those games. You look at something like Soul Edge, you look at something like Soul Calibur, that was was a big one in that kind of uh, sphere. But so one of the more interesting things about uh, this particular story in general is, is Maxi fights and kills Astaroth, but also ends up with soul edge shards in him. Mm-hmm. 
If you think about it, Soul Edge is nothing but a scummy dude running around jizzing on as much shit as possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He out of line, buddy, right. Like, it's just like, you get a seed, you get a seed, you get a seed. Oh, it, Which oh. brings us to Cervantes and Ivy. Oh, oh. wait, 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 wait. Hold Cervantes on. is Ivy's biological father. That's she is adopted right. by the Valentine family in Great Britain. Okay. But the thing is, is that she's working with Siegfried, right? Taki reveals her ancestry and is like, nah, you kind of the daughter of the sword. And she's like, oh, fuck, I don't want to do that. So Ivy ends up switching sides there. She just leaves, mm. which she's a powerful fighter, right? She's good at alchemy and shit like that. So that takes out a huge chunk of Siegfried, well, Nightmare's power base. Mm. Then Maxi kills Astaroth, and other people are fighting in the background because most of his army gets destroyed. Lizard Man goes away. Yeah, he just kind of loses his morale and just disappears. Yeah, because yeah. for much of the series, he was kind of... Yeah, because the fact that he... There wasn't really a huge amount of clarification as to why... He became the lizard man? Yes, there is. So the same cult that made uh, Astaroth, they took him because he was a chosen warrior by the gods. And what ends up happening is is that he doesn't have a family in Greece, right? He ends up settling in some village in a desert somewhere. It never says where, I think. And he ends up, like, protecting this village. It's actually very similar to Lee Long's story, which is kind of funny. Okay. But... He's a sacred warrior, technically. So the... Why can I not think of the fucking name of this cult? Because their shrine is the Kunpeku Shrine in Egypt. Uh, the Festus Sigma, I think. Mm. Okay. If that's not the name, someone please feel free to correct me. I'm admitting I can be wrong here. Mm. <laughs> um, but they capture him. Their head priest experiments on him because he wants to create an army of lizard men which you see throughout the progression of the series that he's kind of doing that, and Lizard Man becomes the king of them. Right. Okay. But so, he starts to regain himself. and Yes and no. More or less, it's his reason for leaving Nightmares. Yes, is that he remembers he was a human. Yes. So that obviously leaves Nightmare alone versus... Uh, Keelik with Devapara Yuga and Kali Yuga, two sacred relics capable of resisting uh, Soul Edge, because that's the thing, right? Keelik's story is, is that he was a very strong warrior in monastic training, and the evil seed triggers, and it triggers something in him and all the other students, and they all start fighting each other. The girl he was training with, who was very heavily implied to be Zhongwa's sister... Mm, that's right, I do remember that. ...is she has Devapara Yuga, so it keeps her from going insane. She puts that on him, and he's forced to kill her. Oh, shit. And obviously he had romantic feelings for her, right? They've been training partners since fucking they were kids. Yeah. Right. Um. Then Zhongwa's sword turns into Soul Calibur. Yeah, it's been She's, hiding yes, for... Mm-hmm. She is the chosen wielder at this point. So they fight Nightmare, they beat him, and Inferno comes out. Because he's like, no. Yeah, you're not gonna... You're not, you're not taking me home that easy. <laughs> right. Yeah. But then it ends up, the two of them together, they stab Soul Edge in the eye. Which seals both weapons, and sucks Nightmare in as well. 
And this is the moment where Siegfried breaks that hold a little bit at the end of Soul Calibur. Right, that makes sense. Because that's kind of the, like, the twist, right? Right. Can, can I say, just as a, a little sidebar that I do appreciate about the Soul Calibur series, is that they, I feel like a clear understanding of power scaling was kind of like, because there's a, there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, I'm going to say tropey terms that come along with uh, mainly fighting games. You know, oh, he's a, he's a journeyman. He's a power enhancer. He's the, you know, so the idea is basically like you had to have two people. Both because the Kali Yuga was a thing. Yes, Kali you know? Yuga is a sacred relic. Yeah. Devapara Yuga, yeah. which is his necklace. Yeah. And then Soul Calibur itself. So Soul Calibur was not fully awake at this point. So right? mind you, it took all three of those things to take out Nightmare and Inferno in in the prime prime of that particular right. situation. So, like, so that's a bit like, that gives you kind of an idea of how strong this thing is. It's like it, one of the coolest parts of Soul Calibur Six, though, is is that Keelik can actually malfest himself. That's right. And he'll take damage when he's attacking, but he has more combos. He hits harder. <laughs> I, so basically, he can access the power of Soul Edge within himself and not lose himself to it. So, Keelik is also one of those guys. Uh, well, it's it, because of his Devapara Yuga. Right, right. That, that I also kind of like the choice of main characters. Like, it, it yeah. you know, there are, there are cooler, uh, maybe there aren't, but in my opinion, I think there are cooler characters to make main characters out of. Yeah. And, I don't know, I liked, I liked how uh, Keelik, Shanghua, and Maxi were the... Yeah, They're I'll, the focus of this game. Yes. Yeah. So as we move into Soul Calibur 2, the the continued deep dive into the overall series, I have kind of a uh, I have kind of like a thought about the series so far, right? Okay. So <laughs> at the end of Soul Calibur, we see um, Soul Edge take its first big L. Mm. And um the eye of the sword pierced with uh, with Soul Calibur, <clears throat> and that coincides with the with the Soul Calibur series like getting guest characters. Yes, and that it, it <clears throat> makes me it makes it almost feel like as soon as Soul Calibur first er, first kind of made that tangible visceral contact with Soul Edge, it just breaks the in game dimension. It just. Yeah. <laughs> So you think that was thing. the beginning? Yeah, like okay, yeah. okay. This is like a such a big, like powerful, like cataclysmic event happens, and it just shatters shattered the, reality. And that the as you as we continue on through the series, more and more clashes, like actual, real, physical contact happens with Soul Calibur and Soul Age. Yeah, and things get more interesting. The guest yes. characters get crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. Okay. I actually kind of Every like that. Every time them swords take. touch, crazy, crazy shit's happening. I like that take. I never really thought about that. That's crazy. <laughs> because we move into Soul Calibur and we have characters from the McFarlane verse with Spawn and even a a an original character created by um, Todd McFarlane. Oh, Necrid. Yes. Yeah, that's we right. Have, 
the crossovers with um, Legend of Zelda and Tekken. Mm-hmm. Didn't um, Soul Calibur 3, now they were created Soul characters, but they were designed by, they were like anime writers, weren't they? Well, Remember? No, there was Cosmos from Xeno. Uh, well, no what, I'm, no, what I'm saying is because there was, I want to say, it was like this black hair. I want to say she had like fucking cow print stuff on. No, she was like black and white Shaharazade. I don't I can't. Shaharazade? Yeah. That Are was you that. talking Soul Calibur 4 with uh, Shura? Hmm. Was that four or three? There were because I remember three didn't have guest characters. They had the bonus characters. But that's what I mean because I think there was bonus characters that they were they weren't actually like because they were based off of those generic create a soul things that we were talking about. Yes. But, but you had it was either they were tied to the Chronicles of the Sword story, which was your create a soul character story in that game, or they were like Arthur or Lee Long. Right. They were characters that represented other parts of the Soul Calibur series. Yeah, uh, yeah okay. You're thinking Soul Calibur 4 with Shahrazad, uh, Shura, Angol Fear. Yeah, sure, Shura's right. Okay, gotcha. Angol Fear is what Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. So it was, okay, I knew it was one of those had those types of like, because they were all, because I remember they, they talked about it a lot and they even had like their art, their character art yeah. was done by the artists who designed them. Yeah. Which was various, I want to say, anime and game artists. Yeah. Uh, one of them was uh, the Gans artist. Yeah. I think that was Shura, wasn't it? Probably. I, I think know. so. I didn't, do, I didn't go that deep on those So guys. No, no I, I just remember that because like that was actually not a part of my, like, because I, I did a lot of, like, watching videos and stuff to catch mm-hmm. up on it. That was actually just off the, off the top because I do remember that, and that was kind of, like, one of the things that stuck with me for a little bit. Yeah. So, Soul Calibur 2. This is the story of Soul Calibur, Soul Edge, and Siegfried get sucked through a dimensional rift. This sounds like the start of a bar joke. <laughs> Two swords and a guy get sucked through a dimensional rift. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But essentially what happens is, is that Soul Calibur goes dormant again. Because it's done its job. Right. The problem is, is that Siegfried gets moments of clarity, but he's also still possessed by Soul Edge. So he has both swords. In Soul Calibur 2? Yeah. Because, mm. yeah. remember, Keelik and Zhang Hua stab Soul Edge in the eye. Right. Because then, the, isn't it something like, uh, it was like Soul Bond or something like the that? The Embrace of Soul. The, yeah. yeah, 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 Soul Embrace, that's what it was. Because they had, a, it was like Soul Everything. And that, yeah. But, but uh, I forgot because they actually had a name for it. I yes. remember, yeah. But essentially, Nightmare is fully in charge at this point. Yeah, like we lose Siegfried. Well, he basically pulls further and further away. And he's Siegfried at times, but he ends up, like, falling asleep. Right. That's and then right. he'll wake up, and there's just corpses near him because Soul Edge is feeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, because, he, yeah, he did go through a point where he thought he was good. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I got this. I'm, I'm all right. It, you know, it's all done. And then whenever he went to sleep, it was just mass murder. Yes, and then <laughs> in the interlude between the games, he turns fully into Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. So, Soul Calibur 2, your returning characters, 
Astaroth, Cervantes, Ivy, Keelik, Maxi, Mitsurugi, Nightmare, Songmina, Sofitia, Taki, Voldo, Zhonghua, and Yoshimitsu. The new characters. From here on out, it basically gets smaller with new characters each game. It's harder to harder to add new characters and keep everything uh, ship-shape. Yeah. But you have Cassandra, Sofidia's younger sister. Charade. Yeah, he's, he's a copy. He's the mimic yeah. character in this game. But Charade's story is very interesting. Because Charade is looking to get all the fragments of Soul Edge and then just put the sword to sleep. Because it is the non-evil side of Inferno. What? Yeah. Oh, All okay. of Charade's body, <clears throat> the eye that is Charade, it uses Soul Edge parts to form its body. That's its story, is, is that after it beats Siegfried Nightmare in Soul Calibur 2, it just plunges itself and Soul Calibur into the depths of the abyss and goes to sleep. It's like, okay. nobody's going to find us now. We're done. That's kind of cool. I didn't <clears throat> realize that. So It's kind of sad Charade never came back as a character. Well, I also find I got to give them credit for, even when it comes to characters that are mimic characters, like, if you look at other famous mimic characters, we'll take Mokujin, for example. Now, I'm sure somebody could sit there and deep cut as fuck Mokujin, I'm sure. <laughs> but if we keep it a buck, there really ain't shit else to Mokujin besides he's a, tra- a training W who came alive who copies everybody. Right. You know, you're not going to ever find him fighting a Mishima in the actual story mm-hmm. of Tekken. So that's the one thing I do like about... Uh, uh, Project Soul and the fact that they put a lot of care into everything they do. Yeah. Even if it comes to mimic characters, they put the same amount of effort into a mimic character that they would into any of their main characters. Well, right, because Edgemaster is a mimic because he's literally a master of every weapon. Yeah. That's how he got the title. And written into the story as like canon material for the important characters of the game. Yeah. So it, it's not this, like, half-hearted attempt, just that we have to fill a character slot, so here's a mimic character, right. you know? Yeah, and Charade is obviously comprised of a weapon that has fought all these people, so that's how Charade knows all those styles. Yeah. Uh, Necrid, Todd McFarlane's created character for mm. this game. Yes. Appears in no other media that he's ever done, never appears in another Soul Calibur game. Which is kind of sad, because Necrid has a very interesting fighting style. And Necrid is kind of cool. Yeah. So the interesting part is, is you know how like he has different like weapon effects that come out? Mm. As well, a character in Soul Calibur 6 is actually got a very similar style where like he'll swing. He has a battle axe. It's like a couple of swords, a spear. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Aswell is actually very similar to Necrid. It's kind of funny. Okay, okay. Raphael first appears onto the scene in this game. That's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, which he becomes more and more uh, Dracula adjacent as time goes on. Yeah, on a scale of one to as fuck, how would you rate your Dracula-ness? As fuck. Oh, yeah. Not in this game. He's human in this game. Yeah, yes, yeah. he is. But he's searching for Soul Edge to create the perfect world for his adopted daughter. Hmm. Which is Amy, correct? Amy, yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Amy Sorrell and Raphael Sorrell. Okay, gotcha. Talam. Okay. And Yun Sung. 
Favorite character. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite characters. Yeah. He's like he's like the pirate who's not an asshole. <laughs> like, well, he's trained by Song Mina's dad. Yes. Just like Huang, and he's kind of like her adoptive brother. Okay. Because technically okay. speaking, uh, Song Mina had a brother and her mom, but they died to some disease. So it's just her and her dad, but he still runs like a military school. So he trains people, and she's learned his fighting style. She also technically stole her weapon. <laughs> Fucking tragic. Can I, can I throw that out there? There's so many tragic characters yeah, in Yeah, but Calvary. Song Mina is cool because she's like, it doesn't really get her down. Yeah, because you could very much uh, play the bleeding edge of edgy at that <laughs> point, and they decide not to, which is a very, very good choice. Yeah. <laughs> But then, yes, this is where you get your three guest characters. Heihachi for the PlayStation 2 version. Yep. Spawn for the Xbox version. Which makes sense now that I understand <clears throat> that Necrid is a Todd McFarlane developed yep. character. <laughs> and then Link on the GameCube. Yeah. Which is the version that is the first Soul Calibur I ever played. Same. Yeah. Same, actually, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Solo Calibur on the GameCube is what you know. Well, so. this was also really like the first game that was widely available. That is true. That is true. Yeah, Soul Calibur 2 was the only one that like, because you could just go right into any, you could go buy it, you could go rent it. You yep. could, it, yep. it was, it. you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't an import anymore. Yeah, an not, actual local game. Not an import, not doomed on a failed console, not any, like, you know, this is the first one that, like... Yeah, because the Dreamcast had Soul Edge and had Soul Calibur, but, you know, that, that console got snuffed really fast after its release, thanks to the PlayStation 2. Which, sidebar, I do want to point out that Soul Calibur's first appearance on that at the time, new-gen console was actually better than Tekken's first appearance yeah. on. So, do you remember Tekken 4? Yes. Tekken 4 was jank. <laughs> like, so... It, tag Tournament came out before... Four. Oh, that's right. And it was, it was art. So, yeah, yeah Tag Tournament was Moving fantastic. Art, so. Yeah, Tag Tournament was fantastic. So, okay, so that's fair. I will say the first new take on... Because uh, Tag Tournament is a non-canon spinoff. Uh, spinoff. You can thing. argue. Okay. Yeah. So, I will say that because Tekken 4 was... I mean, that was rough. Character designs were rough. Like, you know, the story was weird. It gameplay. was play. Gameplay was jank. But it's like, you look at something like Soul Calibur 2, Soul Calibur 2 was great. Smooth, gorgeous. Yeah, greatness. Like, there was a reason why that hooked me on the gameplay loop yeah, of Soul Calibur. I have Calibur. the HD remake that they did. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. <clears throat> they re-released it with online play. Soul Calibur 2. Soul Calibur 2. That's what, crazy. Why do they got to do this to me? <laughs> right? Which, uh, our, our, our first introduction and the newest. Well, it's funny, right? So the HD online <laughs> re-release, it has Heihachi and Spawn in it. It does not have Link. Do, they couldn't get the license. That's unless, fair. Unless they released on the... Did they release it on the Switch? No. They should have, because I get, I bet you 10 to 1. Yeah, but <laughs> even if they had, Nintendo probably still wouldn't have let Link go to the other versions. Not the other versions, but the Switch version would probably be the only <laughs> one that has all three. So, yeah. ha ha ha, in your fucking face. 
<laughs> Anyways. But, so the story of Soul Calibur 2 is basically kind of a continuation of the first one. Um, Cassandra, Raphael, and Yunsung are probably the three that have the most story impact. Because mm. Raphael is actually considered the protagonist of this game. Really? Yeah. Huh. Surprising. It's... <laughs> Zhonghua, Keelik, and Maxi are still very important to this story. Right. Because they're the ones who still kind of end up beating Soul Edge and Nightmare again. <laughs> That's kind really? of... Yeah. You got dunked on twice <laughs> by the same <laughs> And, like, that's the thing is, is that... So, technically, yes, yeah, Siegfried does end up breaking free. Like, that's for right. real at this point. Mm. Because Soul Calibur ends up awakening him. And he becomes the chosen wielder of Soul Calibur, which takes you into three. Right. Yeah. Because from that point on, it's, it basically then becomes a... Because he's accepted the fact that he was indeed the one who killed his father. Yes. He has accepted that he has to repent before he can even go back and see his mother. Right. Right. I've, yeah. So his whole... Which is kind of funny and kind of wholesome because it's like your, your whole like vendetta you know mission against soul edge has become i want to see my mom again <laughs> and I, I i gotta make this right before i do that but he gets he is in no way um he's in no way able to handle either of those swords because no he handles soul caliber much much better but the thing is so i would say that what happens to him when he gets his hands on soul caliber is once again it still takes him over like he has almost this um this lawful stupid no uh, not like really cuz he, here's the thing right so Siegfried never blames anyone that he hurt with Soul Edge coming after him and it's very much like a point where he's like if they're good he doesn't kill them yeah so now that because that's I was kind of on that track too before I started you know it took me having to revisit uh, some of Soul Calibur media to understand that like you almost even just kind of how he presents himself by four being like he's like encased in this crystal and stuff like that it almost looks like it is kind of out of control in a sense by that point. But no, that there's never a point where no, free from free. that from three on, he's good. Yeah. Like he he he's got it. He's he like, knows you know. So that's the thing, right? So obviously he resonated with Soul Edge and he resonates with Soul Calibur. But the handling he had on Soul Edge gives him a much stronger mental fortitude. Mm. So Soul Calibur isn't able to do what it does to Patroclus. Mm. I remember that. Yeah, because you you remember essentially, even though um, he turned, he turned yeah, yeah. lawful stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the sword made him turn lawful stupid. Mm, yes, because that's the thing, right? Siegfried is like he's a warrior on the path to redemption, and he's like he fully expects to face death. Right. He has accepted that as the consequence of what he has done. He has no problem with that. He just wants to make sure that Soul Edge is destroyed. Now, Raphael actually gets really close to Soul Edge. It, he's there at that final fight. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he it, gets tainted. Yeah. It, he, it, he, he becomes a malfested. Yes. Mm. And he's, there's very little that's actually special about his malfestation. Like there are other characters that are malfested that are more or less 
like he basically becomes a generic malfested. Mm-hmm. He becomes a vampire. Yes. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because it's incredibly sad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to have him as a, it goes back into the tragic characters, but to, to have him as a, you know, because a playable character by default in most games, especially in fighting games, where essentially they're all just kind of like gunning for the same. Yeah. So to, to have somebody as a main character, but like, it is so just not special what happened yeah, to him. It's like, just yeah, it, it's so rolled it, over by the sword. Yeah, yeah, and it's so like it's it's incredibly when we talk about tragic backstory, it's like that is tragic, man. And he's like, and it was all because he just wanted to, you know, protect and do what was best for his adoptive daughter. And, you know, this just turns him into this what is essentially a ghoul of any other world or campaign yeah, he's, he, he's not a special malfesto at all yeah and it's like that's yeah that's pretty painful <laughs> but yes so that takes us to soul caliber three because like soul caliber two story is good but it's kind of just a continuation of soul caliber it's like a it's a half step in the, in a in a different direction well in the same direction yeah so amazing soul gameplay two weird weird movement forward takes place in 1590 it started the trilogy of games that take place within the year 1590 okay mm-hmm. soul caliber three is the second one this is where zaz salamel comes on the scene yes so possibly favorite character <laughs> like overall not gameplay wise really he's really good gameplay wise he is really good gameplay wise but i would say that he is one of my favorite characters as far as the story goes right his story um, is really really I good have, there are too I many have an argument what okay i think i can i think i can claim the hot take for the episode right oh boy. um right. scythe characters suck um <laughs> um, so the reason why I hate Zaslamel is that um, his storyline's okay. I like the idea of like ancient immortals, and I like the fact that he hates the fact that he can't die. I like that that's his um, his driving force. But whenever you put a scythe in somebody's hands, I start to hate their. Uh, I start to hate their design. I hate. I just don't like Scythe guys. Why? <laughs> like, what's the reason? He's like a dark One it's Punch so, Man. It's so Before edgy. One Punch Man was a man. It's like three edgy, five me. I've got a Scythe. <laughs> and, and like all of the edgelords, wait, all wait, the tryhards. Wait, wait. The edgelord player hates the edgy characters. Oh, wait a minute. And so that was the other thing as far as like. <laughs> so like stealing your thunder. <laughs> what? I'm, see how I'm just completely skipping over your shit when you say violent like this? I feel like this happens like once an episode. Shut him down. Don't no. even bother with him. Red King and Chrono Warden at some point are going to go to heads on every episode. Clash. <laughs> Which, hey, that's actually a thing if you think about it in Soul Caliber. <laughs> Yes. Um, Clash of Souls. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll let you we'll let you continue because okay. it's one of my favorite characters. It's one of his least favorite characters, apparently. So so literally, <laughs> had they made him another? Because let's be honest, there's a lot of fucking sword users in Soul Calibur. Uh-huh. Had they made him another generic ass sword user, you'd like him more. Or yep. an axe. Oh, there's an axe. Um, wow. You want to know what would be a sweet weapon for him to have? Would have been a. Uh, What's he mm. gonna say? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna shit on this no matter what he throws out there. 
three section staff. They don't have one. No, they fucking had one, you asshole. No, like the <laughs> one that's actually like current. Okay. Like they don't have but a current three section staff user. Think about it's his story. He has seen life and death so many times. Yeah, I get it. He has taken up yep. the scythe <laughs> He's because a, he is an agent of death. I don't, uh, I don't even know. Like, he is the <laughs> one character that uses a scythe in most media that can legitimately claim to be good with the weapon. Ah, I don't fucking buy it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You're a dick. <laughs> our returning characters for Soul Calibur 3, Astaroth, Cassandra, Cervantes, Ivy, Keelik, Lizard Man returns. Yeah. The Lizard Man. He's finally back. Not yeah. the Lizard Men that right. are in Soul Calibur 2. Maxi. Mitsurugi. They put him blonde in that fucking one. That was dirty. Yeah. That's <laughs> fucking weird. I forgot about that. <laughs> well, you could also custom color the people in that game. Yeah, right. which, which anybody would just... Like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nightmare. Raphael returns. Rock is back. Song Mina, which there's been a few people that have been in every game. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah. Siegfried, of course, because he is separate from Nightmare at this point. Holy, he has cast off the Azure armor. Yes. Because so Nightmare Fijima. is also in there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> right. Taki, Talam, Valdo, Zhonghua, Yoshimitsu, and Yansan. Mm-hmm. The new characters, Abyss. Which, as we said, is basically super-powered Zasalamel. Mm-hmm. Night Terror is a non-playable character. Yes. Mm-hmm. But if you had the action replay, you could get him. <laughs> oh, man. You're going to deep cut to the action replay. There we go. Holy shit. Let okay, me tell Night you. Night Terror was bullshit, though. <laughs> like, the amount of stuff he could do. So, it was yeah. kind of like a... They released Tekken 5 around that same... Yeah. yeah they yep. usually with, come out pretty close that. to each other. Azazel was in... Uh-huh. Yeah, that was in that. So, like, they had kind of a thing for the big, bulky, like, screwed up flying. Yeah. 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 So that was kind of a, which is kind of interesting because those those were both very, uh, they were shifting points in either game. I would say Soul Calibur 3 and Tekken 5. Like, you really start to see, uh, I'm going to say the more finalized and or penultimate versions of, uh, the long running things in yeah. uh, in both series, which was kind of interesting at the time. You tend to see a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh. Our next new character and the mimic character of this game, Olkadan. Oh, the the, the, the owl headed dude. I yes. forgot about him. I forgot about. Yeah, that that's one. he wasn't even really like. He was just. He's the guardian of like the super special labyrinth that houses legendary treasures and shit in this one. Yeah. He was kind of the least He's um, the least inspired mimic character, right. if you ask me. Which I kinda can't Edward's help. Edward's gotta have one, I guess. Well, not only that, but I kinda can't help but feel like that was sort of a product of the uh of the particular new thing that was in Solo Gamer 3, because you remember obviously, like you said, the Creative Soul was the f- that was the first appearance of it. So when it came to like Adding new characters without having to really put too much into the new character. Slap an owl head on him and kick off! Yeah. <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> I'll have a funny story about that in a second. Yeah. Oh boy. I cannot wait. Setska. <laughs> oh, yep. oh, okay. Okay. Yep. okay. She's in six, isn't she? She's she is. still there. Yeah, she changed there. her a lot. He did. She's well, had the most redesigns. Her, like, her story is actually still pretty similar, though. Yeah. Yep. It's just 
Was she like, decent she was, as I remember? I've, she I was dark haired in the in her debut. She had a blonde haired skin and then a dark haired skin. Because but the default the default was the dark hair. Yes. Was blonde hair in four. Yes, they changed. Because she's American, isn't she? Well, she's Western. She's Western. I don't yeah, know. That's correct. Because yeah. in 1590, America did not exist. True. So she, she is. Yeah. She's not Japanese. She's the. Yeah, she's, but she, she did become a geisha. Okay. Okay. Like her, her name is different because she calls herself Setsuka. Because yes. like you, I'm American. <laughs> did you just quote? Resident Evil 4. That was Krauser? Yeah, that was Jack Krauser. Fuck Krauser. Do you know how much fun it is to just blast his ass with the Red 7 and call it a day? Yeah, it is. He's like, I'm going to be special. No, the fuck you're not. Eat Magnum. (laughs) Tira. Yep, which... Yeah, Tira. Tira is a big part of a lot of things going forward, which is kind of interesting. (laughs) And then Zazalamal. So... Zaz Salamel kind of becomes the puppeteer behind the scenes in this game, right? Right. Because Siegfried has obviously casted off the Azure armor because it is just infested with his sins and his evil deeds and the spirit of Soul Edge. But Soul Edge at this point is in so many shards that it basically doesn't matter. Right. Well, Zaz Salamel goes to the point where Siegfried had his big-ass fucking mental battle and defeated himself. He took out Inferno in the end. Right. Raphael is there to see that part. That's how he gets his shit. But Zazalamel literally animates the Azure Knight back into existence. And he gets the fucking gnarly... He's mostly armor in this one. He doesn't have the gnarly claw. Right. But then he has a Soul Edge sword, very similar to Cervantes's, right? Because it's like a figment. It's a fragment of the blade. Right. Right. So he's the one who ends up puppeteering things. Uh, Tira ends up being attracted to this nightmare because she herself is incredibly fucked up in the head as in the member of an assassin's group. Mm -hmm. So she ends up becoming like the servitor. She's the eyes and the everything. But yeah, this game ends up like the big clash because this is the one where Siegfried is absolutely the protagonist. Right. For the first real time, he is the protagonist. <laughs> That's kind of interesting because he's one of the most, like, arguably impactful characters throughout the entire he series. Is. And he hasn't been the main character until the third installment of the Soul Calibur series, the fourth yeah. installment of the entire of series. The whole series, yeah. <laughs> I kind of like, I kind of like how they do it, though. Because I almost feel like it's a little bit... Um, it's kind of a little bit of a Namco trademark is being able to have different characters in the spotlight. Tekken's a little bit less so because they just focus on the Mishima mm. bloodline, and so it's all characters within that that um, that fictional family. Yeah. But Soul Calibur actually does a really interesting job of shifting the focus. And yeah. Like, if you were to put these images in front of people of the characters of the game, like, you wouldn't sit there and say, oh, well, Shanghua is definitely the, she's definitely the first one to lay hands on that soul (laughs) and really put it. And I was, you know, her and Keelik. Yeah. Just, just the weapon types, the character design, you wouldn't 
think that they would be the, the ones to do it. Yeah, because you kind of have a main character syndrome, especially in fighting games. Like, let's keep it a buck. Fighting games are so cookie cutter when it comes to, like, the most special looking and or feeling character is going to undoubtedly be the most special character in playing. Well, it's, so, it's kind of, it's anime, right? Yeah. It's like, spot the main character. It's the dude with the spiky purple hair. Yeah. Like, so now, now the thing is... Like, I, Ragna, I, Blood Edge, and uh, Blaze Blue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just so much him and, uh, I Fuck. almost called it Kai. Fuck, what is his name? Jin Kisaragi? Yeah. Yeah. Those guys just looked so much more. Right. So, so I, I'm, I'm going to say this before we, we but yep. before we let you uh, continue of your uh, of your leading of the deep dive, I'm going to say we'll take another we'll we'll take Tekken and we'll say, so you look at everybody else right mm-hmm. in, in Tekken they have a real life named fighting style, you know. They're based off of a real-life person or persons. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a definitive school of, you know, martial art that they have, you know, trained in for their entire lives. Now, we look at the main characters. They have the Kazama-style, Mishima-style karate, which doesn't exist. It's like the it's the style of karate that is by the the named bloodline characters of the series. <laughs> right, it makes it very so, easy to yeah. So the who the fuck is the protagonist in this? The one with the spiky ass hair, the spiky ass purple hair, with the special powers and the version exclusive or game exclusive <laughs> combat yes, style. Yes, yes. <laughs> So going from Soul Calibur three into Soul Calibur four, but I think the the one thing I want once again, ha, stealing it, just completely hijacking <laughs> it. The interesting thing about uh, three was more or less it was it was like kind of that same half step. Yeah, but the whole plot line was Zaslamel trying to die. Yes, Zaslamel literally is sending. Because Soul Calibur is awake at this point. Its power is growing. It has a wielder that can fully understand both sides of what these swords are. Mm. So Soul Calibur's power is growing. Zaz Salamel reanimates the Azure Knight to harvest more souls. Because he wants those two swords to clash so he can be there to absorb their energy so he can die. Hmm. Yeah, so that was like, and that that's kind of interesting. That something as far as like, I I will say the concept of the series has essentially been set as far as three forward. You'll see a lot of similar threads. You'll see a lot of yeah. types of you know you know gameplay styles. You'll see a lot of types of you know options like create a soul and things like that that were established in that game. However, story wise. It's very much an interval. Like it's, it's it's not like yes, there are things that happen and there are characters that are a little further established. Yeah. But it's not really like that big fucking step, you know, in in the series. It's just kind of like, you know, this is still happening. Yeah. You know, in a way that in in that same way that Two and three were kind of intercools. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was very much just something to keep it going. Yes. 
you know. It was it was substantial, but yeah, substantial enough. But to keep it going. Okay, but you know what my favorite part of Soul Calibur Three was Chronicles <laughs> of the Sword. Because it was an RTS game in a fighting game. <laughs> I did. I did. Like, I forgot about it. We played that. that from start to finish. We we rolled credits on that. Yeah, so, I uh, did many yeah. many times because uh, yeah. I got to the point where it was like because you could just new game plus it. Yeah. Well, just you got to get everybody to level ninety nine. Well, well, we were we were broke kids from the hood, so we we <laughs> rented it. <laughs> I got it for so, Christmas. Along with Dragon Quest, we we did eventually end up acquiring Soul Calibur Three as a permanent game, but the first couple of times we played it was yeah, was, so it was rentals. fantastic yeah. rental. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so obviously, Nightmare and Siegfried end up fighting, and the full power of both swords gets released. Mm. This cataclysmic event, one, Zasalamel actually does almost accomplish his goal, but it's funny, right? Because his golden eye can kind of see the future and he ends up seeing the future. He ends up seeing the modern day. He sees skyscrapers, helicopters. And he's like, well, hold on. That seems like it might be more interesting. So he doesn't kill himself. He's like, this shit looks cool. Let me stick around for a little bit. He's a fucking badass. Come on. He lets these swords go at each other, which if we're, if we're following the theory that, Every time these swords clash, it breaks reality a little. Well, yes, because who wakes up from this titanic cataclysmic uh, clash except for the warrior king himself? Yeah. Algol comes back. Yes. And he let that shit happen because he wanted to die and then decided, um, I don't, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> well, see, it's funny, right? Because, like, I think it's his ending in Soul Calibur Four. He's actually in, like, a suit mm-hmm. in a modern-day city, and he's kind of, like, looking back to the past, remembering where he was a few centuries ago. And, like, his assistant is like, is everything okay, sir? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just remembering things. Yeah, yeah. But he's, like, a CEO, which, if you think about it, he would be able to run the world. I wonder if he's, he's the Illuminati. Or he might be in Tekken 8, maybe? Just saying. Oh, my gosh. You think they would put Zaza? That would be... Oh, my God. Could j- they though? Because oh, they could. Tekken doesn't have weapons. They doesn't don't, matter. He can do. I'm Yoshi sure he just got a sword. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Huh? Okay. Interesting. Interesting. June is coming back in that one. Yeah, they're deep. They're gonna. Crazy. They gotta get deep. Zosimel. Yeah, yeah, Zosimel for Tekken 8. Right here. You've heard it first here. (laughs) Okay. That would be very interesting, though, because it would tie the series together a little more. Yeah, and there's already, ooh, there's already enough there. I'm just saying. Heihachi was fighting Akuma. was like, hey, you motherfucker, you're back. And then, I mean, he was, he got thrown back in time by the first, that first clash of the swords and shit got crazy. Yeah. The world, the universe broke. Well, so that's the thing, right? right. So technically, this is Amy's first time appearing as a normal playable character. She is a bonus character for the rapier style in Soul Calibur 3, which is her first appearance. Right. However, she is a fully named, realized, own style fighter in Soul Calibur 4. Granted, her first incarnation is kind of like pulling a lot of Raphael's moves, (laughs) but they changed her quite a bit in 5, well... Obviously, they changed her in five, but even in six, she's a much different fighting style. Yeah. So Amy is both a new and returning character. Astaroth is back. Cassandra. I he's back in that one. <laughs> I forgot about that. Cervantes. Well, at this point, it's just a generic. No, maybe not. 
at a certain point, Astaroth gets destroyed and they just end up making cheap copies of him. Because uh-huh. he's not the one that's, like, possessed by the evil god anymore. Yeah. They're just generic golems. That might be five, though. He right. kind of had the jack treatment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, that makes sense. He's Lots of parallels. Yeah. Cervantes comes mm-hmm. back again. Dude's, like, 100. He's, like, 80-something at this point. Still just animated by rage and spite. <laughs> That's amazing. He's got the one thing that just keeps carrying him. Well, that's the thing, right? So after Soul Edge is defeated at the end of one and two, he starts dying again because the main chunk of the blade is gone. So he stays alive by killing people. Hmm. He's just pissed and murdering people. That's it. That's what he does. That's his existence. Well, I mean, as I said, he is Ivy's biological father. He wound up impregnating a woman through rape. Oh, man, he's a... <laughs> Cervantes is not a good guy. Yeah, he's yeah. Good. He's the villain villain. <laughs> he's like, he's always a villain. Yeah. Even if he's not the main villain, he's always he's a villain. He's a fucking villain. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Ivy obviously comes back. Keelik, Lizard Man, once again, is here. Because mm, he wants... Yes. Aeon Kalkos has remembered enough that he wants his soul back from Soul Edge. Okay, mm. yeah, yeah. So he's uh, <laughs> he's getting into this story. Yeah, he's about to get that. Yeah. <laughs> Maxine, Mitsurugi, of course, because Mitsurugi at this point has seen, like... Because at this point, he's just stopped caring about Soul Edge. Really, in Soul Calibur 3, he doesn't care about Soul Edge anymore. He's like, that sword has some bad mojo, so I don't need it. I'm going to be better than that sword. Yeah, because he by that point he's just trying to conquer everything that essentially has surrounded itself around Soul Edge and Soul Calibur to a certain extent. Because he's like, fighting. I'm just better than it all, yes. and I'm like, that's why I love Mitsur. That right there, his story is why I there's love this, him. There's this big like because people are drawn to the blades. Yeah, mm. he was originally. Yep, and now he's just it's he. There's this big influx of very strong people who are trying to get these blades. He's just like, player three has entered the game. Yes. (laughs) And then people. Al Gaul is player four. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, no, and dude has both swords. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So by this point in the series, Sophia is dead. No, no, it's five, five. Yes. Right. So, between Soul Calibur 3 and Soul Calibur 4, Tira goes to Greece. She goes to Athens and kidnaps Pyrrha and exposes right. her to Soul Edge, which means that Sophidia has to switch sides. She has to start fighting for the cursed sword because otherwise her daughter will die. Mm. I forgot about Which that. Which we'll get yeah. to that more in a moment. Uh, where was I? Nightmare, because we just finished Mitsurugi. Uh, Raphael is back. Super vampire as fuck. Yeah, at this point, <laughs> he is seeking Soul Calibur, not Soul Edge. Okay, okay. He wants to destroy it because it's a threat to the world he has created. Because right. Amy is also kind of vampiric at this point. Mm-hmm. Rock. Which... Rock is just a weird character, right? Like, <laughs> he's just got like an adopted son that he's trying to protect. That's that's his story. He's like he's, he's like the everyman. In yeah. The, in the <laughs> yep. Song Mina comes back again. But she's still there. She's she's Hold hanging the line. strong. Just being just being her. Yeah. Setska. Okay. Siegfried. Sophitia. 
Taki, Talum, Tira. Yeah. All those T's. Valdo, <laughs> Zhonghua, Yoshimitsu, Yunsung, and Zha Salamel. There were only two new non-guest characters in this game, and not counting the weird, like, bonus characters. Right. It's Algal and Hilda. Oh, okay. Now, this um, question, this Yoshimitsu, is it... No, this is still the first one. Right, okay, okay, Five gotcha. is the one with Yoshimitsu, okay. the second. Okay. <laughs> now, this is the one where we get the Star Wars guest characters, because that clash between Siegfried and Soul Calibur and Nightmare and Soul Edge has rippled throughout the fabric of the cosmos so much that the Sith and the Jedi come and investigate it. Because you had Yoda on the Xbox 360 version, because that was the white console, Jedi, blah, blah, blah. And then the PS3 at this time was black, so they got Darth Vader. Yeah. Who's a way cooler fucking character and way less cheap. <laughs> then they also had, because at the same time, the Force Unleashed game had just come out. Right. So they had the Secret Apprentice. Yeah. So th- this is what I mean by, like, everything is, to a certain extent, canon in that established Soul Calibur universe because yeah. these are all things that, you know, that transcend the thing of time and universe and all that type of Transcending stuff. Transcending history in the world. Yeah, yes. exactly. It is it like, oh, I, that's one of the reasons why I love Soul Calibur is because like anything goes. Really, anything really does yeah. go. This is the truth. No, the guest <laughs> characters in uh, 6 are really, really good. Yeah, yes, agreed. But agreed. we'll get there. Even the guest characters in... Five are also actually really good. Yeah, and the yeah. guest characters in four also cement that idea of universes meeting and colliding. Yes, yeah. yeah, which is like the entire thing. And I'm like, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Multiverse. <laughs> but so that's the thing, right? Algol's awakening and he just summons this giant tower that calls all these warriors to it. But you have Sophitia is fighting for Soul Edge to protect her daughter. Mm. Uh, and obviously, her ending in this game is that Soul Edge is still destroyed. Again. <laughs> because that's the thing, right? This is the game where Siegfried has, like, the Soul Calibur armor. Mm. He looks like he's a part of the sword. Still completely in charge of his faculties. This nightmare is just the animated fucking It's Inferno in the armor now. Yeah. Right. The sword has become physically manifest and is wielding itself. They clash again. And that's the thing, right? Soul Calibur technically no longer recognizes Siegfried as its wielder after the events of this game. Right. And goes dormant. He still has it because he carries it for its next wielder, which we will cover in a moment. Soul Edge shattered. Which means that Everyone who has is malfested, except for Raphael somehow. That's the weird thing, right? So now <laughs> he's starting to get special. Raphael <laughs> is just this basic-ass dude who ends up being able to survive without Soul Edge. Because the thing is, is that Pira being a malfested would die. Right. So Sophitia gives up the Soul Edge shard in her heart yeah. to be transplanted to her daughter so that Pira can live. Because that was the last shard that remained, because as you stated earlier, Sophitia kind of, like, 
ended up with a bunch of shards of Soul Edge in her. And yes, then, most of them got taken out, but they couldn't remove that one because it would have killed her. Yeah. Tony Stark style. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So now it's like that's the uh, get out of jail free card for, for Fira. <laughs> right. But that's the thing. Everyone comes to this tower to fight Algol. And it's a tournament arc. Ha! Pretty much. You know who doesn't pay attention to it? Siegfried and Nightmare. Right. <laughs> that's they don't show up to no they show up they oh, just don't care about Algol right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. They're, they're just like you <laughs> Mitsurugi's there for Algol yes, he, so he, he is, is yeah. the tournament character yes. actually this might be the game where you would really say Mitsurugi is kind of the one of the main protagonists that's so cool because in the canon he is the one who beats Algol oh shit kill him because Algol does return in Soul Calibur 5 yes yes he does but it's basically Mitsurugi being the one that beats him that makes Algol go okay this world is worth living Uh, my man though my man getting this comeuppance (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, I love Mitsurugi yeah yeah. just the way he is the fact that he had a shard of Soul Edge and it didn't fuck with him at all. And he pretty much cast aside every fucking thing that had to do with it. He's like, he's like, not only do I not want anything to do with Soul Edge, but I don't want anything to do with the sword that's supposed to kill it either. Right. He's like, he's like, fuck all of y'all. I'm just gonna do my own thing. I wanna fight that <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. So that's the thing, right? This is what ends up resulting in the most drastic shift in the entire cast of characters. Right. Soul Calibur 4 into 5. Yes. Yes. And apparently, uh, so I can't remember the details. There's a there's a fine couple of videos that go over it, but I'm fairly certain this is when essentially, aside from Patroclus and uh, Pira, Sophia's uh, entire fucking no, her her husband's still alive. Yeah, yeah, it, it was just her and her sister. <laughs> that, that's because her sister's ambiguous. I'm gonna say at best. <laughs> but, so that's one of the things, right? Is that technically at the end of Soul Calibur three, Siegfried does die in that fight. Soul Calibur reincarnates him. At at oh, the end of three. Three into four. That's why he has the gem armor and everything. Uh, He's the physical uh, wielder. Just as Inferno is now the Azure Knight, Siegfried is the light blue knight. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the crystal fucker. Yeah, the crystal fucker. <laughs> but, yes. So, Soul Calibur five. This is where things get a little interesting. Our returning characters, Siegfried, no longer wearing the gemstone armor because Soul Calibur no longer recognizes him as the chosen wielder. Right. right. So he has restarted his mercenary group. He has reformed Schwarzwald. Yes. To fight against malfestation and anything like that. Nightmare is Raphael in this game. Or I should say Raphael is Nightmare. Emperor Graf Dumas. They've only really hinted at it, but like the name of Raphael's estate is the Dumas estate, so it's very like tongue in cheek. Raphael. Because his armor's different. He doesn't look like Siegfried's old armor. He's still the Azure Knight, but it's very different looking armor in this game. Right. Okay. Mitsurugi's still around. Yep. (laughs) Still in there. Still. Maxi, so this is the game where things like people who have been like heavily affected by the sword, kind of stop changing or stop aging. Mitsurugi's like 50 at this point, because this takes place in 1607. 
It's 17 years after the first game. Okay. Or the yeah. fourth game, the last game. So Mitsurugi's just old as fuck and still out here fighting. <laughs> <laughs> He's like 48, I think, in this game. Maxi has stopped aging because of the amount of soul edge that has wound up in him because he has also wielded the sword at some point. Right. Completely fucks him up. Hilda is older, but she is back in this game because she doesn't have all the contact with the sword. She's literally just fighting to defend her homeland, and it's her dad who had contact with the sword. Right. Right. Tira is back. Yeah, Tira, that bitch. (laughs) Well, I mean, she's got... Because Siegfried kind of, like, awakens her fucking dual personality, right? Yeah. So she ends up having her jolly Mm. and her gloomy side. Her gloomy side is the side that loves Soul Edge and all the bloodshed and everything. Mm. Her cheery side doesn't. Yeah, because doesn't uh, her fighting style reflect It changes, depends on... Yes. Yeah, okay. Valdo. Valdo's just been ageless this whole time. And (laughs) still creepy. Yes, his cod piece has just grown and (laughs) grosser. (laughs) Then this is the... Maxi has finally destroyed the Astaroth that killed his crew. Like, fully annihilated a god. Yeah. Hmm. This is just... He's a Dungeons and Dragons 3-5 character. Yep. (laughs) He's just in... The Astaroths at this point are just mass-produced garbage. Right. They think they're all the original... Because that's what the one guy needs them to think. But they're not. Uh, Raphael is actually also in this game. Huh. Okay. Hasn't aged in 17 years. Right. Dampierre comes back. I hated Dampierre. His fighting style is much better. (laughs) Cervantes. No longer dead. He is just a pirate at this point. And he has found a living body. He is also 102. And he's like, oh, they've all forgotten the fucking story of Cervantes of the Seven Seas. Well, they're going to fucking fear me again. Dude. So he's still evil as fuck. He's such a terrible fucking yeah, person. Yeah, he, he will never stop. Me. He's <laughs> such a terrible person. He is, but that's why we love him. <laughs> Lizard Man is back, but he actually bears the name Aeon in this game. Okay. Mm. Yoshimitsu the second, because he killed the first one. Yep, yep. <laughs> Algal comes back. So, yes, Yoshimitsu is a title. Yes. Mm. To become Yoshimitsu, you must kill the previous one. Okay. Yeah, which is kind of cool because that like that's the ultimate way to tie both series between Tekken and Soul Calibur together. It's like, oh, how is Yoshimitsu there, right? And they you see so many, you know, incarnations of Yoshimitsu throughout, you know, Soul Calibur and Tekken. And you tend to wonder how they all kind of play with each other. And it's like because it is a title. Yes. Which means... That canonically, story-wise, Soul Calibur and Tekken are in the same universe. Yes. Because that has carried on long after Soul Calibur. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, so it's kind of funny, right? Because that tends to be a trend you see a lot in anime and stuff like that. One of the biggest ones being Roroni Kenshin. Mm. The master of the Hiten Mitsurugi style is called Seijiro Hiko. And they must kill their teacher... To become the master. Yeah. Right. Because Kenshin has the fight with his master because he needs to finish his training. <laughs> Doesn't kill him, though. Yeah. Which. <laughs> that was kind of the whole point. Maybe, maybe interesting other series that we might need to dive into a little bit. Roni Kenshin's a good one. It is, eventually, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Algal comes back. Mm. 
This is Edgemaster's first return. Okay. Since two. He's not into. Oh, okay. Charade is the main oh, okay, character. Okay, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, his yeah. first return since one. Yeah. Soul Calibur one. Whoa. Yeah. Yep. Keelik is different. also in this game. Different in this one. Keelik is different. Yes. He, so this is one of the big complaints with Soul Calibur five, right? Is that there's three mimic characters. Mm. Edgemaster can use anyone's style because, again... He is a weapon master. He knows all combat styles. Yes. Keelik can mimic any male character in the game. And then Elysium, one of the new characters, mimics any female character. Yeah. So that's the interesting part. So Elysium is the new char- is a new character in the game. Patroclus and Pyrrha, Sophidia's kids, yep. are new characters. Natsu is Taki's apprentice. Mm. Tsvai. Oh, the man. Dude yeah. who can summon the werewolf. Yeah. Because right? he's um, in, uh, he was in Siegfried's Band of yes. Mercenaries. Him and Viola, who yes. was Amy. Yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's Amy's that like good half. She's awakened and is no longer possessed or anything like that. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Jan Leisha, who is Zhang Wa's daughter. Oh, I forgot about that. Keelik leaves, right? Him and Zhang Wa fall in love, but he goes off to train with Edgemaster. So she gets married because she's technically a famous general's daughter. And I forget if the game... I don't know that the game outright states that uh, Yan Leisha is actually Zhang Wa's husband's daughter. It's kind of theorized that she might be Keelik's daughter. Let's hope so. That would really be a shitty ending. <laughs> and then my least favorite fucking character in the whole fucking series, Sheba. Yeah, I'm Sheba. He's he... the guy who gets the Kaliuga after. Oh yeah, fuck! I for Boruto as fuck. Yes. Oh, I forgot about him. He sucks. Right. He's like a he's a shitty Goku. Yeah, and Goku's kind of a shitty person himself, but <laughs> yeah, it's got that <laughs> weak ass journey to the West ass. Oh, right, he's man. like a so Goku's kind of already a ripoff of Sun Wukong. Mm. Shiba's a cheap ripoff of both of them. Yes, because he's always like, oh, I want steam buns. But Natsu, Yan Leisha, and Shiba are a party traveling together with Maxi. He's like watching over them. He's the right. He's right. Team Dad now. Yeah, <laughs> he's Kakashi to this. <laughs> Oh, group shit. of Naruto ass kids. Yeah, but see, I don't dislike Natsu or Yan Leisha. They're both pretty good characters. Yeah. But so that's the thing, right? Elysium looks a hell of a lot like Sophitia. Mm. Suspicious. Well, it's the form that Soul Calibur takes to manipulate Patroclus. So yeah. just to get yeah, into the reason. story of this game a little bit, it as I said, it's set 17 years after. Uh Pyrrha and Patroclus are no longer home. Pyrrha is raised by Tira mm. and things like that. So she grows up, you know, she kind of knows how to fight with the sword and shield. But her style is actually kind of before she becomes Omega Pyrrha. Right. Her style is actually very interesting because she has a lot of moves where she like hides behind the shield or she'll just like smack and then cower back. Right. So it's kind of interesting because she's not really a fighter. She's just super fucking strong because she's kind of a child of Soul Edge like someone else, Ivy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who actually is still in this game. Yes, Ivy uh, stopped aging. That's right. That, ex- that explains. Yeah. Well, so the that explains why the bondage gear still looks 
So here's one thing, right? Literally, the like creative director of Soul Calibur has said that he didn't want to put Ivy in Soul Calibur Five because he was like, it's just time to retire the character. Literally, like half of his animation staff threatened to quit if they couldn't work on Ivy. Yeah. I so remember, he I was remember, like, all right, all right, fine. This. She doesn't age. Fucking get back to work. The thirst is real. Yeah. yeah I remember you On a scale of one that. to as fuck. <laughs> How would you rate your thirst for Ivy? Dehydrated. <laughs> Absolutely. Try hydrating. <laughs> Try hydrating, you thirsty fucks. <laughs> but, so that's the thing, right? Patroclus is the main character in this game. Mm. And he starts out with the sword and shield that his dad made his mom. And his fighting style is much more confident. Like, he stands with his fucking shield on his opposite arm and his sword pointed out straight ahead of him. He's like, I don't need the shield. Come Mm -hmm. at me. And then he smacks the fuck out of you with the shield. (laughs) But that fighting style is so much fun. That was the big thing is is that Patroclus' fighting style was the first real male sword and shield fighting style. And it was so much fun. It was. Yeah. So the funny part is, is that he has very brutal throws like his aunt. And that's why I, cause technically it mentions him training with Cassandra. Yes. Yes. Which means she couldn't have died at the end of four. So that, yeah, that she could have. <laughs> <laughs> so that is actually kind of interesting because from what, from what I understood, that was in the end of four in sort of an interlude to five is yeah. when she suspected to pass away. Eh. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do a bit more research on that. I would have to look into it more because as far as I know, she's just older, so she doesn't fight anymore. Yeah, yeah. But she wasn't that old through the series. Right, but you got to remember, she'd be like 41. Mm, okay. Fair which enough. they can't... Obviously, they didn't put Taki in this game either. Yeah, you're right. She's mentioned because she taught Natsu, but she's not in the game. Yeah. It's kind of crazy because that's, you know, if you're out there fighting, motherfuckers, that's kind of when you'd start hanging it up was when you're like in your 40s and 50s. Yeah. Like it makes a lot of sense. Like Heihachi being like 70 plus. He's just like, I'm so fucking ripped. I'm still going to kick your fucking ass. You know, it's just not, doesn't happen. (laughs) Nothing bends when you're that old. (laughs) Well, no, if you train right, because I've told you this story before, like my dad, when he served in the military, when he was overseas, some of the soldiers from his base got a little uh, jumpy with, an old German dude who was a champion boxer just beat the shit out of all of them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to, to be fair, if you, you like, keep strong, <laughs> if it's your lifestyle, like you've been fighting and training all your life, <laughs> my whole life is running these hands. But that's kind of one of the things though, <laughs> that this fuck was around and find out. This was one of the other problems mentioned with soul Calibur five. And it's one I kind of agree with is that a lot of the female characters who would have been older weren't put in. Yeah. They have Mitsurugi in still. And you're going to sit here and tell me that Cassandra, Sophia obviously is dead. If Cassandra is actually dead in five. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But Setska is definitely still alive because guess what? She also trained Patroclus because that's the thing, right? That's right. After he gets soul caliber from Siegfried because Zvi and Viola find him because Siegfried is like the next wielder is ready. Yeah. They are ready to go. So Siegfried sends them out to find him and they find him fighting a bunch of Malfested. 
well, Malfested. Yeah. Cause, oh, I yeah, remember that. Because he's working for Emperor Graf Dumas V. And he's killing Malfested. In reality, he's harvesting souls for Soul Edge. Right. And he ends up finding out that his sister is Malfested. It completely breaks his fucking brain. He fights Vi and Viola, but ends up going back with them. And then you have to fight Siegfried as him. And then you get Soul Calibur as a sword and shield. But that does not stay his style. No, I remember that. His style changes. And he becomes very... Alpha Patroclus. Yeah, yes, I remember that. Okay. He becomes such like a... He goes he's like a weeb. A, he's a weeb legend. Yeah, he is. He's yeah, because he gets uh, the... Batojutsu. Yeah, yeah. He, he, the Iyato. Yeah. He does, however, completely shed the shield. Yeah. And he's he's no longer... I, I did not like Alpha Patroclus' fighting style. I didn't, I but... I hated but how, it, like, he was just like... I will say, though, in light of, like, even just kind of mentioning that, where it's like, he, even though he had a sword and shield uh, fighting style, he never really prioritize the defense side no. of things. So it's kind of cool to think that uh, essentially the ultimate version of Patroclus is just the sword. It's just the sword. See, it's the all is, is that. So I greatly liked Setska as a character and mm. I liked the idea of Patroclus's Alpha Patroclus's fighting style. I'm fucking shit with those two characters though. Absolute <laughs> fucking garbage tier. <laughs> Cuz the thing is is that you give me Omega Pira yeah. I can kick some ass. Yeah. Because that's one she is like, she is Soul Edge. Yeah. And it's, her it, fighting style becomes way more fucking brutal and heavy. Because, like, the the thing with um, Setsuka and Alpha Patroclus is they have, as far as their movesets go, their strikes are very fast. Yes. But the rest of their actual, like, there's a lot of, like, Entry really fast strike and then a lot of exit frames. Yeah. yeah, and it makes it it makes it hard. Like you have to you have to really think about your moves a little bit more because there's a lot of lead up and then lead out. Yeah, it's yeah. very easy to get punished because it's yeah. always like a it's stance draw hit and then return the blade, and the return the blade is always some weird dramatic yeah thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Now, now it well, takes some time. Setska had less of a problem with that because she would like spin the parasol, and she's already back in combat pose. Yeah. By the time she's done spinning the parasol at you. Yeah. So she was much faster than him at it. Yeah, I, I do agree that I feel like Patroclus was kind of like lost in this weird. Uh, I the sword and shield version of Patroclus is definitely my favorite version. Yeah. Um. So I think the problem is, is that so if you've been using you've been using Patroclus in the story mode for most of this, right? So you're used to that fighting style, and it's not a hard fighting style to pick up. Like, that's one of the things they added in the newer games that shows you how, whether a character's hard or easier to use. Right. Like, someone like Ivy is a very technical character, so she's very hard to actually get right. Cervantes kind of falls in that range. Nightmare is generally a fairly easy character to pick up. Hard to master, but yeah. he's a good starting point. Yeah, right. Talum is a very technical character because she has almost the same problem, right? She doesn't have as much stance change, but if you have Talum at a distance, she's fucking worthless. Right, yes. right. Which, that was another one. Talum did not come back in this game. Now, mind you, she would have only been in her 30s. Yeah, and that's a lot. She had, she already had so much going on. Like, she was the, more or less, the high priestess of her civilization of her village yeah. right right but her parents and i think brother were her family was still alive yeah but they had sent her to deal with soul edge they protested her actually going on her journey to fight soul edge they didn't want her to go 
Likely, she's probably just returned, and they're like, you are not going out on another fucking adventure. That is true. There's also the fact that... So, the thing about Uh, Soul Calibur... Song Mina, who is a character that's literally in every other game, is not in this one. Because, again, she's too old. So, and that's kind of the thing... Oh, they're fucking up. Okay, see? Because that's kind of the thing I'm talking about. Now, here's the thing. This is the one sign, and I will say... I feel like this is the defining difference between Tekken and Soul Calibur, right? Which is what tells you that Soul Calibur is a secondary series. Fan service. Fan service. Yeah, so, um, so here's the thing. He's not wrong. Now, if you look at Tekken, yes, there are, there are traditionally attractive female characters in the game. It doesn't matter how long Nina Williams... Nina Williams has been there since the beginning of Tekken. Well, they were saying that they got into cryogenics with her. Well, I mean, yes, that is true. Yeah, they pulled an Ivy excuse, but... There is every other female character that likes to leave and then come back in a later game and so on and so on, right? So here's the thing. If you look at something like, you know, again, a lot of traditionally attractive females in Tekken... They don't go out of their way to overly fan service those female characters. However, Soul Calibur, on the other hand, (laughs) as the games went on, the clothes came off. (laughs) So, including an armor break mechanic, don't think we forgot about that, Soul Calibur, Um, an armor break mechanic baked into each character, which had degrading levels of armor, which on females generally just had a significantly more, uh, or, yeah, more lewd version. Yeah, less Um, clothes. Yeah. Um, So, yes, I will say that... I have, I believe a lot in the idea that they were getting rid of characters because by that point they were too old. Yeah. Because it's hard to fan service. This is 17 years later. You know, it's hard to fan service a character who is old by that point. By, like, unless they are immortal for some reason, I mean, you know. Yeah. Which <laughs> that kind of always made it interesting with Taki, right? Because technically she's been exposed to Soul Edge as much as anybody. She's been carrying a fragment of it with her for fucking 40 years. One of the longest running characters to have a Soul Edge fragment. Yes. Like and right up there with Mitsuruki. Yeah. Mekimaru, yeah. that dagger, ends up being passed on to Natsu. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, which, I mean, again, every one of the, almost every one of the stopped aging because. So that is the one thing I will say is, is that at least they like made that a consistent point across characters. Generally, they didn't just pull Maxi out of the game. Yeah. But to get back into the story of Soul Calibur 5, I actually do like the story of Soul Calibur 5. It is actually interesting to see the world change. Mm-hmm. Because Raphael has become Nightmare. You kill him as Patroclus, which means Pyrrha inherits the sword because she's like the last real Malfested until she activates the next evil seed. Right. right. But obviously you end up fighting her again. Or you end up fighting her and it's a clash between Soul Edge and Soul Calibur. And this is where the difference between Siegfried and Patroclus comes in to play big. Because... Patroclus is being manipulated by the spirit of Soul Calibur, who has taken the look of his mother, Elysium, because she is one of the original fighters chosen to fight Soul Edge. So it manipulates him into killing Pyrrha, which actually fucking, like, destroys the world. 
it just becomes a crystal haven, right? That's it. Perfect law and order. There's no room for growth. You have achieved perfection. Yeah, because right. nothing. Supreme law. Yeah, and without without greater without the choice, morality means nothing. Yes. So so lawful stupid fits on Patroclus at this point more than it necessarily fits on Siegfried. Siegfried, I would say, was never necessarily a lawful character because right. he would fucking murder someone regardless. True. Siegfried is actually kind of like a perfect example of chaotic good. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I w- I would definitely say because Patroclus is a tool. Yeah, he was too he, young and too stupid to... He didn't have the training. Yeah. Or, yeah. like, the grit. Yeah. Because I, I would say that's, like, the biggest difference is that, like, yes, like, many of the warriors throughout Soul Calibur were, you know, they were accomplished in their own way, except for Sophia, which was very much just kind of out there. Um, well, but, it was, you're chosen by the gods, go do it. Yeah, yeah, true. Um so I think the biggest difference between each one of them and how they handle Soul Calibur or Soul Edge is yeah. just kind of how much of like their character, for lack of a better term, like like you said, the grit of it all, like how much have you been through, like to go through something that Siegfried went through, yeah. and to come back and be the savior of the world, yeah. like that's yeah, that's a that's a big fucking character arc, and then you give that same power to somebody like Patroclus, and they. Well, because that's the funny part, right? Because that's where Edgemaster comes in. Because he ends up approaching Patroclus in his, like, crystal that uh, Elysium has surrounded him in and is like, you fucked that up, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So Keelix Master, because that's the thing. That's the progression of Keelix in this game. He is starting to become more detached from the world, so he is gaining the powers of Edgemaster. Right. Because the idea is, is that Edgemaster is planning on having Keelik kill him to become the next Edgemaster. Right. Continuing that thread. But that ends up being the thing. Edgemaster takes Patroclus and sends him back through the dimensional rift back in time. Yeah. And helps awaken his true skills. He's like, you're not a sword and shield fighter. That's not how you were taught. Right. And that's where he becomes Alpha Patroclus. So that ends up changing things. You also get to play as Pyrrha a little bit, obviously, right? And it's kind of cool to see her changes as she becomes more and more infected with Soul Edge. Right. But the coolest part is, is that the end of the story mode, Patroclus and Pyrrha unite to kill both blades. So Pyrrha ends up overcoming Soul Edge. Like, she breaks that hold on herself. No one helps her with that. There's no Edge Master. There's no Siegfried being freed by Keelik and Zhonghua or Sophitia. She just DIYs that yep. shit. Yeah, she yeah. makes her own bomb. <laughs> breaks Soul Edge's hold over her. And after you fight Elysium, because it's Omega Pyrrha that does it, you take, it's Patroclus and Pyrrha take Soul Edge, whose eye is blinking still, and they stab it into the crystal of Soul, Ed, of Soul Calibur in a very similar way to how Zhonghua and Keelik uh. stabbed Soul Edge with Soul Calibur in Soul Calibur 2 and 1. But that ends up, the swords just, they're gone. 
They that's crazy. Is that that's a second? That's the second um, embrace of souls. Yes. Yeah. And which is kind of crazy because again, you kind of flip a script on like. You know, because well, so much throughout the series, they've kind of established that there's not a definitive, quote-unquote, good or evil. There's good yeah. people and evil people, but the Blades are not. Mm. Soul Edge is absolutely evil, and then, like you said, Soul Calibur is only slightly less yes. evil. Yeah. It We're, still desires, it's slightly less murdery, but it still wants total control. Mm-hmm. So it's the difference between a genocidist and a fascist dictator, basically. It's... One's just going to kill you. The other one just wants to lord over you. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, bravo to them, too, which, you know, calling back to... Because, obviously, visual similarities abound, but calling back to the fact that uh, Pyrrha is actually the one to overcome yeah. her afflictions just by herself, yep. as opposed to, you know, being assisted and aided by this, that, and the other thing. Well, so, so she bears a lot of similarities to Siegfried, and that's why I think Pierre is actually the more interesting character in yeah. Soul Calibur Five. Yeah. So they end up taking, that's the thing, Soul Edge becomes the good sword. Yeah. Which is the complete flipped of the script. Yep. Because that's the thing. Even through Algol's story, you kind of realize that Soul Edge <laughs> didn't start out that way. Yeah. It was just a sword originally. And then it got corrupted by war. Which is, you know, if you kind of consider the evil side of things, war is yeah. a, a definitive human thing. You know what I'm saying? Like the 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 corruption came from us, not the not the sword itself. Right. And yeah. it's like you can't it, nothing corrupts itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But so that is the well, just to wrap up the cast, uh, you had the guest character, Ezio. <laughs> and then Fitting. they added Devil Jin as a fighting style. Which I also I forgot all about that. Where, oh, here's the thing though. Yep, linking up the universes. And, and not only that, but hand to hand in Soul Calibur. So when you say that perhaps Zoslamella could be in Tekken 8, weapons in hand to hand, the same way they had hand to hand in weapons. So. <laughs> So at the end of Soul Calibur V, we have that same Embrace of Souls. And that kind of... So if you follow that same uh, thread of... Whenever there was a major event that created the Embrace of Souls, it almost like fractured the timeline a little bit more. Yes. Every single time these swords came in contact with each other, it made more cracks and more fractures. And... More or less, we're seeing the second full embrace of souls at the end of Soul Calibur V, and it more or less destroyed the entire fucking timeline. Yeah. Because in Soul Calibur VI, we get an entire reboot of the series, and granted, it's the same kind of, um, it's more or less the same plot line, but it is a different, it is a different universe. Yeah. Yeah. We are looking at, you know, we get a lot of um, characters returning, which is kind of nice. We'll do that list in a minute. But that's one of the other cool things, right? I think it is actually Soul Calibur V's menu and maybe six. They actually have the swords, like, stabbed into each other and, like, it's showing, like, shards. It almost looks like cracks in, like, a clock glass. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. 
So it's really kind yeah, of that, cool. Yeah, that because I, I do remember, I do remember six having that actually, which was kind of, it's kind of cool because again, like that's one of those things that they kind of had in mind. They clearly it was a common thread, and I think they really kind of leaned into which is you know why we end up with uh, you know our now reboot. Yes, the series. With- so Soul Calibur Six embraces the events of Soul Calibur Two once again. And this is the second game with a completely unique create assault mode. It's mm-hmm. called Libra of Souls. And you end up making your character and you pick your weapon style and they go on an adventure around the world. I won't spoil anything about that, surprisingly, because we've spoiled everything else. But Libra of Souls is actually really good and I think people should experience it. I have not been able to play through it, so I do appreciate it. I haven't technically even beaten it. I got really far, and then I just got distracted by other shit, but I need to go back to it. Yeah. But our returning cast, Mitsurugi, once <laughs> again. Hey, what's up, now? <laughs> he is the only character in every game at this point because Soul Calibur V broke that trend. Yeah, right. And uh, he's more or less... You can't keep him down, even if you destroy the universe he's in. He's still in the other one. <laughs> well, so that's the thing, right? Mitsurugi's story in this one is actually tied to our first guest character, Geralt of Rivia from the Witcher series. Yes. Because he came through a portal from the conjunction of spheres of the Witcher universe, which is a very convoluted plot that we should eventually do a deep dive on. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> but Mitsurugi actually loses to Geralt. But Geralt doesn't, like, necessarily just kill everyone, right? He's like, I don't care, dude. And Mitsurugi's like, well, you beat my ass, so I got to fight you again. (laughs) (laughs) That is cool. (laughs) Mitsurugi's the best. (laughs) Sophitia is back. Mm. Which my best friend and the best man at my wedding is a Sophitia main. So he was very happy she was back in six. Mm. Nightmare, of course, as Siegfried. This is Siegfried as Nightmare. Oh, yes. okay. However, unlike Soul Calibur 2, Siegfried is also in this game. And the story mode is actually very interesting because it like shows the timeline of all the characters of where their story takes place in the game, in the story menu. Siegfried's story in this game takes place after Nightmares because it's him after the sword has been defeated and he's in control again. So they actually manage... They can... They they put most of the major plot points into either background elements or truncated versions. Mm-hmm. So it, it's safe to say that a lot of events that happened in the original Soul Calibur 3 might not necessarily be as spoken in the they're, they're theoretical gonna, Soul Calibur 7. They won't be the talking points. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that well, that's kind of cool. That's one of the things that gets into this game. Let me get through the list of characters, and then we'll get into it. Right. Uh, Zhongwa and Keelik are back, because nice. obviously they're the ones who defeat Nightmare in these two games. Ivy is back. You can't ever get rid of Ivy. Yeah, that's that's well, not possible. Like we said, yeah. like half the animation studio <laughs> will just be gone, and then the dude's like, "Shit, 
But like we want to find new ways for leather to contact skin. Skin dentation. Fine, just animate the other characters. I don't care what you do in your office. Just keep the door closed. Wipe down your desk. (laughs) Here's your Clorox. Where's the lasso? Zaz Salamel. Mm -hmm. And this is him emerging in the timeline much earlier than he did before. Okay. Siegfried, as I said... Taki is back. Right. This is Yoshimitsu the first again. Uh, Maxi, because you can't really have Keelik and Zhang Wa without Maxi. They're kind of a trio. Even yes. if Maxi ends up leaving because he's like, you two are like way too good for me. Because Maxi admits that he's a fucked up person. Right. <laughs> it's actually one of his better qualities. Yeah. Talam is back. Okay. For the first time since. She was in four. Yeah, okay, that's right, that's right. She wasn't for I sat out the entirety of five. Yeah. Oh, Valdo would be the only other character that's <sighs> in every game. So, oh. Codpiece and Samurai. <laughs> yep. And Cervantes. So, Pirate, Codpiece, and Samurai are the only three recurring characters. So, Cervantes yeah. actually got a body. He was gonna He was going to write his new legacy in blood. And then the whole universe collapsed on him. Like, he he just... Yes, this is, once again, rage-manifested, dead Cervantes. He's, he's <laughs> back to where he was. Yes. You can never kill him, but he's dead. <laughs> yes. Wraith Vontis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Astaroth is back. Song Mina, once again, comes back. Yes. With significant underboob. <laughs> so, oh, six. Yeah. Uh, I already said Cervantes. Raphael returns as well. Yes. And then Inferno is actually a character again. Wow. Now, this game introduced, not counting guest characters or DLC, introduced two new characters. There's an organization that protects and tries to keep the spirit sword, Soul Calibur, protected and they try to make sure it comes out when it's appropriate to fight soul edge when it's at its crescendo of power right grow is a member of this organization and mm-hmm. he is the character with the dual bladed sword that can separate he himself is also a malfested okay and his organization is supposed to fight them hmm. it's one of the things of his story though that like he has quite a bit of control over it a lot like keelik actually yes okay but he knows that slowly he's being devoured from the inside because that is the one thing I will spoil about Libra of Souls is that Grow ends up adventuring with your character. Oh, okay. Like okay. he's kind of traveling with you. You're getting to meet his organization. You're studying his organization. I need to play through Libra of Souls. It's, that, that sounds it's, like it. It's really good. Yeah, that sounds like a worthwhile playthrough. So that's that might be that might be my next. Then thing. the other one is Aswell, who was actually technically also a member of Grow's organization that I cannot remember the name of off the top. Of my head. <laughs> I should have written it down, but fuck it. <laughs> He's like, I wrote, I wrote down everything fucking else. Yeah. So I'm also fairly certain that Aswell is the head of the cult that makes. Aeon Calcos into Lizard Man, the fuck my butthole cult, because I can't remember their name either. <laughs> and makes Astaroth the golem based on Rock. Right. Because that's like the big thing is, is that they wanted to kidnap Rock's son so they could turn him into a weapon of war for them. Right. Uh, the first guest character in the game is Geralt. He's there from the start. And one of the coolest parts of Soul Calibur 6 
is that you can make your custom characters have the guest character fighting styles. Huh. Yeah. yeah Unlike in Soul Calibur 5 where you couldn't use Ezio's style, which was kind of stupid. Stupid. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say bullshitty because Ezio's fighting style was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. But, yeah, you can use Geralt's fighting style and they put his signs in there like Igni and all that shit is in the game. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, 2B. 2B, yes, from Mira Automata. <laughs> oh my gosh, the thirst for that one. Well, so that's the thing, right? Her story ends up tying to Ivy because her story is in like 11,000 AD or some ridiculous time in the future yes. after humanity is dead. You know who's still alive? Ivy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, she's hey. immortal. <laughs> oh, man. There's so much. To, there's so much there. She's confirmed so alive. Ivy and Zoslamel. Yeah. In yeah. Uh, Tekken 8. So, uh, so they should just do it. Can we can we get this straight though? That sort of confirms that. Hold on, this is gonna be a lot now. So that sort of confirms that God of War, Soul Calibur, Tekken, The Witcher, The Witcher, Star Wars, Star Wars, Sergeant Frog. Yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah, who's Sergeant Frog? Uh, Angle Fear is. Oh, the counterpart fuck. of Angle Myos, which is a character from Sergeant Frog. Okay. So Sergeant Frog confirmed. Yeah, yeah. Is it uh, Sergeant Frog sort of confirmed, right? Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Assassin's Creed. Um, fucking. Samurai Showdown. It, Samurai Showdown. It gets deeper. Final Fantasy. Well, no, right? no, 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 no. Noctis. Because Noctis is in Tekken 7. Oh, And yeah, okay. so far in, in every one of these Namco crossovers, they have tried their damnedest to make it fucking canon. Street Fighter. Like, like Street Fighter is canon in the Tekken universe. Yeah, okay. Because Akuma actually legitimately yeah, makes an so, appearance. All right, so that ties them together. Fucking The Walking Dead. <laughs> King huh. of Fighters. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's the Keith thing. Howard right? is in um, Tekken yeah. 7. Yeah. So you know the story of the Nier games, right? They're based on an ending of Dragon Guard, which oh, means Dragon Guard right. is also what canon in Soul Calibur, <laughs> and that makes Dead or Alive as that well. Oh, yeah, it's got it all. Holy shit! So, like, Yo, why have we not had like that as a Smash Brothers style fighting game, where the casts of all these games are in it? That's That'd be fucking amazing. insane. Because that's the thing, right? The fighting multiverse. Yeah. 2B is obviously near Automata, and she's the second guest character. She's part of DLC Pack 1. Okay. DLC Pack 2 has Hamaru from Samurai Showdown. There yes. you go. Then the other characters that return as DLC, Tira, which puts her in the story much, much sooner. Yep. Amy... Yep. And it's much more hinted at that she becomes Viola in this game. Okay. Okay. Like, it's six that really confirms she's Viola than anything in the previous games. Okay. Okay. Cassandra. That's okay. So, th that's kind of interesting. Is that is that another DLC, or was she in there by She's the DLC, but she was technically in the original Soul Calibur 2. So, that's actually kind of surprising, because, like... It, well, they had... They had to release the game, so they had to cut some characters okay. out for the DLC. So that was just more of a time frame yes, thing. Yes, Cassandra like, is a time constraint, I think. Because, okay. 
her and Talon were introduced in the same game. Right. Uh, Yun Sung is actually not in this game. Yeah, it was really unfortunate. But Hildegard. That's a, that's kind of a weird one. That's a weird one. Because she didn't weird. emerge until four. Yeah, that's mm. deep. Like, that's deep, man. <laughs> Setska. Yep. Comes out in this game Which, again. that was three originally. Yeah, she was three originally. She joined with Tira and Zaz Salamel. So it kind of seems like three and two are kind of colliding a little, a little bit, bit in this one. Well, there is one more. This was the final DLC character of the game. Huang. Shocking. Salamina's <laughs> love interest. Shocking. What? His fighting style is so fucking cool, though, because, like, he has the Anmyoji, like, the talismans that you see, like, Japanese priests use in anime and shit. Yeah. Right. He's throwing those around. He's teleporting. He's got a lot of, like, really fast cuts like Yun-Sung does, but his getup is so cool because, like, he has a mask and the fucking, like, kick-ass hat. He looks like a fucking assassin. Right. And he's, wow, yeah, he big. throws the Anmyoji down. He fucking teleports around the battlefield. So, so he has, like, traditional Chinese Korean swordsmanship and mixes it with magic. So it's worth mentioning I don't have all the DLC, so maybe I should acquire all the DLC. I, I would recommend it. Okay. Because, one, you get all those characters' equipment for your creative souls, <laughs> and you get the fighting styles. Yeah, Okay. Okay, so I, I guess I'm uh, I'm guess I'm jumping in on some DLC. I'm a little bit late to the game, but I'm jumping in on DLC. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. So now as far as okay, so you Libra of Souls you don't want to spoil. Um it is a it's a looser seeming like retelling of Soul Calibur 2. Yes. Um they so everybody's more important to the story, because like I said, the story mode screen in this game is a timeline. Right. And it's kind of funny, right? Because in his story, Siegfried actually meets Sophitia. Okay. Because she's following, well, she's trying to find the Azure Knight, and she finds him. And they fight a little bit, but then she's like, you're not the problem anymore. And she kind of, like, helps put his mind to rest. Right, okay. So, like, there's a lot more, like, story to the game. Characters interact a lot more in their stories. Well, the thing that I'm excited about, too, when it comes to, you know, kind of stepping back for a minute, because I do believe that maybe there were some things that might have gotten lost in translation, or some people might have just kind of taken a different or potentially wrong way because you kind of left it in the air a bit. So the thing that I like about revisiting these characters is that there's a lot that you can wrap up and maybe, and maybe some things that you can wrap up just a little better. Cause like, here's the thing. I enjoy myself a tragic story from time to time. (laughs) You know, I do not like a, a tragic story that ends intrinsically tragically. Right. I always like something to come back around. I'm not saying that there is a problem with a tragic story that ends tragically, but it's just not what you like. No, no, by no means. And it's like, it's very like when I look back on it, I'm like, man, some of these characters have just been through shit. Yeah. And then they just get shit on in the end. And it's like, that really sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of Sophia's story is tragic, but it ends well as well because it's a mother sacrificing herself for her child. Which is a very human thing, right? Exactly. And and I do, and I agree, and there's... How can I put this? There's not anything wrong with how that played out. Because, right. like, imagine yourself as... Well, in, in Ranking's situation, um, you know, imagine your children are at stake. 
naturally you would make that sacrifice. Yes. You yes. know, but at the same time, it's like Sophia as a character had already been through so much shit. Yeah. And almost from aside from chosen by the gods bullshit. She's pretty much always just been like, I'm just really trying to not lose my whole fucking family. Right. So, <laughs> you know? that's, that's the other funny thing about Sophia here, right? Because you can kind of even see it in her fighting style. Because mm. her moves are not the most precise. They're not the most technical. She's a very aggressive play style in the game. But even her, like, very, like, sexual throws... She's using moves. She's like, this is what I've got. This is what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Barring Cassandra's like one butt bounce, I would argue she's technically, if you look at it from not player input, Cassandra has more training. Yeah. So she Mm -hmm. is actually the better fighter. Yeah. And she's got, like, the the one thing about Sophie T. I will give her is she's got command, sort of command grapples, where a lot of her stab moves end with a very, like a moment of pause. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting if you look at play style kind of reflecting what a character is. Yeah. Like everybody else just kind of sticks you and moves on. Like Siegfried just stomps the shit. Like he curb stomps you like yes. seven times. Yeah. <laughs> he don't give a shit. And it's like, but then you look at somebody like Sophia and it's like stab and like, kind of pulls the sword back, says a little bit of something to you. It's like, okay, holy shit. So this isn't really, like, this is not like a blood-drenched warrior. This is like a slave to circumstance kind of thing. So it is kind of funny because her moves do get less hesitation throughout the series. Especially in 4, she, those pauses aren't there. Yeah, which I do, like, uh, I don't know. It's, well, so they're still kind of there because that's, like, the recovery of your attack, right? Yeah. But it's not her, like, pausing to think. She's resetting her stance to attack you again. Yeah. That's with, what it switched to. So it's kind of, like, gameplay reflecting story change. Yeah, I do. And that's one of the reasons why I, I mean, I got to give it to Soul Calibur because before there was these big, drastic, long-winded story modes added into fighting games, there was Soul Calibur. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, yes, every fighting game supposedly had a story and this and the other thing. But it's like if you look at like something like the advent of Soul Calibur three, yeah. which had w- was pretty much the first legit story mode aside from like something like Dead Deadly Alliance. No, it was uh, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Deception. Deception. Deception is, Deception when is to... yeah, because then they had they had that whole big story yeah, about Shujinko. Yes, yes, exactly. So it's like so really like Soul Calibur was the one with the story. Mm-hmm. Like there was so much. So the funny part is it's the only one that would even necessarily come to mind would be Guilty Gear. Yeah, yeah. Guilty we, Gear has a lot of fucking lore. Yeah, yeah. which I mean, it, it, the lore dumped the living shit out of you too. Like yeah. in, but they, so Soul Calibur always did it in the game. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the most comprehensive in-game storylines. Yeah. Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue will do stuff ridiculous shit like drama CDs. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. will lore dump you on a drama CD that you will, like. You know, not for nothing, but there's a pretty big difference between the Western and the Japanese audience as far as what they consume or what they even have available as far as um, 
like extended universe and stuff like that. Yeah. Right, because drama CDs are not a thing. Yeah, we're not going to pop on the headphones and fucking hit the drama CD. <laughs> it's it's not getting better, though, with the advent of the internet and kind of this worldwide culture that we've accumulated between all of us nerds worldwide. Now yeah. it starts to yes. change. <laughs> so now as far as, right, without getting too much into, because Soul Calibur 6 is modern enough that I feel like we want to tread carefully, as you said, with like Libra of Souls and all that, you know, you want to kind of tread carefully as far as like the spoilers go. Well, the main story is, is the story of Soul Calibur 2, so I don't care as much about that one. But basically, the organization that Grow and Aswell are a part of, because Aswell's kind of a double agent, they're supposed to fight Malfested and other manifestations of Soul Edge because they work for the Spirit Sword. Right. Aswell, however, is just trying to experiment and figure out how to evolve humanity. Okay. Ah, okay. So uh, he, he's, he's got a very... Uh, he's fucking evil. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. kill from... He, yes. Yeah. From Street Fighter 3. <laughs> because, so now that's the other thing, is when you think about the uh, the tropey evolution of fighting game bosses, um, they become less and less, which I, I'm a bit worried about, and this is kind of going to go into my future, my future segment that we uh, want to talk about here. Um, when it comes to fighting game bosses... We've had this nasty evolution that has led more to the big bad guy is just random fucking big bad guy. Like, it's it's no longer a situation where it's like, I'm not saying that is the case for Soul Calibur. In right, particular. no, I'm, I'm finish say, your point. I'm saying as far as a worry going forward for fighting games, because if you look at, you know, something like Gil, or you look at something like, which kind of eh. uh, you look at Seth from Street Fighter 4 you know you look at um, you M. Know, Bison uh, yeah M, which M. Bison is at least a little bit baked in what I'm more worried about is like you look at uh, we'll talk about the future a little bit of other fighting games you look at Street Fighter 6 right and uh, you have what was his name um, Fancy Guy I forget his name Uh so I, I I don't remember his name off the top of the head. I'm sure it'll come to me. But he is he is a fancy kind of figurehead that is now the carrier of psycho power, which mm. is M Bison's thing in you know Street Fighter. So we have a he's I'm sure some type of leader of industry. So he's dressed in a suit. Basically, yes. you know, you know, it's just he wants to better mankind. Yeah, and, and that's this. It's, it's a trope that starts to happen very often. Yeah. Yeah. This, so we've gone from this kind of multi-tiered and like kind of um, the ambiguity of the soul swords were interesting and there was a good interplay and, and there's a lot of personal motivation that goes into each of these story arcs. And now we've made it back. Well, to so the leader of or, of an organization who wants to the thing further I mankind. Yeah, will yeah. give Soul Calibur is is that at least as well as mentioned in the old games, and he's not the big bad of this game. Yeah, Nightmare okay. is still the big bad of yeah. this game. So it is still as bi- well as the big bad of Gro's storyline because he fucks up a bunch of like Gro's companions and shit. Okay, so th- they still seem to do a pretty good job of you know the main bad guy is, is not- Inferno. Yeah, so it because is- that if you do Keelik and Zhongwa's storyline, it ends much the same way as Soul Calibur Two does. 
But this time, they're actually pulled into the Astral Chaos. Okay. Against Inferno. And if you're playing as Keelik, he triggers his malfestation. That's right, because in... And he gets long fucking hair. He looks like an Oni, almost. That, wow. Which I did find that kind of cool, which, is, you know... No, be, a lot of characters in the game have a mechanic like that where they just change. So being a, a Soul Calibur player that was introduced in Soul Calibur 2 and not the most clearest footprint on the story... Yeah. When I first saw Soul Calibur 6 and I saw Keelik had a transformation... Yeah. To go malfested, it was a bit of a question mark for me, right. I will admit. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because I knew it was a reboot. I didn't know exactly when it happened in right. the Soul Calibur timeline, but I knew it was a reboot. So I was I was a bit confused because I do I, I know that a lot of characters had run-ins uh with the Soul Edge and it had a, a lasting effect on multitudes of them. But it's like I never really saw like, you know, again in in game. Yeah. It's now reflecting that this has indeed happened. This is something that he did and or does. Yes. You know, so it's it was kind of cool to see that, and it blew my mind a little bit at first, I'm going to be honest. No, that's the cool thing, right? So even when Soul Calibur Six came out, they wound up adding more mechanics after the game was released. Yeah, that's fucking crazy, really. Because like, there's, like, guard canceling and stuff like that you can do. Okay. There's like, so not only is there the like rock, paper, scissors, like attack mode, the reversal edge, which right. is a really cool mechanic. Yeah. That can kind of give you like breathing room. And if your enemy loses, they start losing. It's much harder for them. It's much easier to guard break them. Right. If right. you fuck up though, it's much easier to guard break you. Yeah. But yeah, Soul Calibur 6 is a very smooth fighting game, which that was the big thing about 5, right? It mm. was fast. Mm -hmm. Soul Calibur 5 until 6 was the fastest one. Yeah. Because that was kind of the thing about 4 is that there was kind of a lot of like bloat to some of the characters. Right. Especially somebody like Astaroth. It was. Nightmare still had his fast punches and shit. Astaroth has never had those. Mm. But Astaroth definitely was a character that fell behind Right. As the gameplay kind of started to evolve, Astaroth's playstyle just became outdated. Yes. Right. Not the case in six. Yeah. He's got good moves. He is slower, yes, but it's much harder to get inside his range and his kicks kind of help his short range game. Right. Right. Now, that's the one thing I, I, I will say as far as like the Soul Calibur series has done, like. There's been an interesting struggle when it comes to, like, uh, I'm, I will say a multitude of games, but, like, fighting games kind of especially when it's, like, it, the evolution of the fighting game scene. Yeah. Like, we'll even talk about, you know, until Street Fighter Six, you know, Street Fighter Five has been the most recent Street Fighter game, and you, you start to realize, like, the aggression side of things and the the, the offense yes. has kind of become the focus. Yeah. So it's like if you had a character who traditionally was not an offensive character, that didn't really you, you get really hung out to dry. Yeah. So that was kind of like that was kind of interesting to see how they they flipped that back around when they got into Soul Calibur Six. Right. Is it take a character like Ashroth who's you know, again, slow, strong character. That's not really new to fighting games. But if if you have an engine that is essentially based off of speed and aggression, and you don't have a fast and aggressive character, right? They don't really have a good well, time. That so. was always one of the things. Was is that that was the trade off? Talum's attacks don't. 
Talim and Astaroth are probably the two biggest extremes of this. Talim is the fastest fighting style in the game. Astaroth was the slowest, because he is technically just a little bit slower than Nightmare. Right. But they weren't so disparate that you couldn't, like, go against each other. Yeah. Generally, if Talim got inside Astaroth's reach, it was over, though. Yeah. It's not as bad in this one. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, that's just it. Because if she gets inside your reach, just throw a reversal edge. Right, and right. And you can push her back out. Which is kind of, like, that That kind of speaks to the system kind of rising to the occasion yes, to kind that's, of assist the That's the also the beauty of the reversal edge mechanic is, is that it can kind of give you a reset. Right, right. No, I, I, I can I can appreciate a game that firmly understands that it's, like, it's not going to change how Soul Calibur is. But it's definitely going to understand that sometimes certain characters might need a, a chance to breathe to really get their footing. Yeah. Because, you know, fighting games are rock, paper, scissors, man. But, like, sometimes <laughs> you need to throw in a bit of a, a fake out. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> well, that's the funny part, right? So if you're in a reversal edge, it's vertical beats horizontal, horizontal beats kick, and keep kick beats vertical. Right. So you don't know what your enemy is going to pick. Yeah. If you hit the same button, you go into a round two. And then if you hit the same button again, it just cancels out and you're both reset. Right, right. And that's, you know, that I, I gotta I gotta give it to, you know, Project Soul, man, they're they they do a good job at like keeping the game at like a consistently playable level. Yeah. Cause you you could argue if you played Street Fighter 4 and you cut your teeth on Street Fighter 4 and you went to Street Fighter 5, you're it's fucked. a whole different <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the gameplay loop is just like yeah. jumping heavy kick crouching heavy kick and then you go into your arts and it's just like yeah yeah <laughs> it, it, the same thing with uh nether realm studios yeah yeah no. project soul and nether realm studios are kind of the they they lead that paying attention to um fan input thing yeah, yeah. they they yeah. actually care they, they like don't they just care listen to the vocal minority right yes they actually like fucking take feedback from everybody because that's one of the things right when keelik was first introduced he borrowed very heavily from song mina's moveset right? yeah now they're completely unique characters yeah now, and that's the beautiful thing in this game is is that even though siegfried and nightmare are still zweihander styles they're both different yeah and I, I think that's kind of the one thing that I, 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 overall, I would give Soul Calibur just as a game. Yeah. Is that even as far as mimic characters go, they were kind of flipping the script on how mimic characters go. On, you know, mirror characters are flipping the script on how mirror characters yeah. go. You know, and they they do, even if when they first introduced, they, when they were first introduced, they didn't necessarily have that much of a difference. Yeah. They've evolved to have a difference yes. to the point where now, like, they're completely their own character. And if you sit there and you say you're a fan of Keelik, you're not instantly a fan of Song Mina because they're two very, very distinctly different characters now. Yeah. So, you know, and, th- th- like... The Soul Calibur series is just good for that, you know. And, and fighting games going through, like, a reinvention is not necessarily new, but not necessarily the most, like, invited thing yeah. from the fighting game community. A lot of fighting game players, myself included to a certain extent, likes just the same every time. So like, Especially I, when you start to get used to a system and, yeah. you know... These games, they don't come out as often as Call of Duty games. You have a few years right. yeah. in between each one. You start to get really good. And same reason why, like, 
they have fantastic guest characters in Soul Calibur. Yeah. But it's hard to really get into guest characters because you know they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it in the new iteration. But I, and I feel like that's the one thing I will say, though, as far as, you know, it has an inviting enough system. Yeah. Soul Calibur is, it's complex the deeper you get, but to first start playing Soul Calibur, it's not the same fucking wall that you're going to run into if you jump into Tekken no. or Mortal Kombat or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, you know... It, you you can get the basic combos yeah. down. The movement is free yeah. and flowing. It's like, so it just feels, but it's like something like Dead or Alive. Yeah. Dead or Alive is, you know, Dead or Alive and Virtual Fighter are the most closely comparable fighting games as far as that goes. Virtual Fighter is fucking hard. Yeah, Virtual Fighter is yeah. hard as shit. Dead or Alive. <laughs> you yes. can get in there and you can mix it up a little bit to the point where you now want to play a bit more and you want to get a bit better. Because it's such a inviting and good fighting game just right. to jump. So Soul Calibur is much the same way, and that's the funny part, right? So if you've been playing Mitsurugi since Soul Edge, he ain't that different. Yeah, his yeah. moves are still there. He has some fancy new combos, and he has like his power up stance. Like he has a couple extra stances in six. They changed mm-hmm. him up a little bit, but the basic combo core is still there. You just have a chance to learn some new shit. Yeah. So they didn't change who he was. They added to him. Right. Which a swordsman would constantly improve, right? So it's kind of cool. Yeah. And after 27 years and <laughs> and all these different games and right. spinoffs. And but you, if you've been playing a character, the only character that would probably not play the exact same as their original incarnation would be Cervantes just because he doesn't use the twin long swords anymore. Yep. Right. He has the short sword with the pistol and his long sword. Yeah. So now, so I guess here's my question now is like, we've covered a lot of, you know, soul Calibur's history. We've covered the games up until now, you know, we're on the cusp of a new Tekken game. Yes. Which Historically speaking, as you've pointed out many times, uh, Chrono, that generally means that a new Soul Calibur is on the horizon. Yes, yes. Because generally after a Tekken game comes out, because that's their big one, and they're going to support the Tekken game for several years, because unfortunately Soul Calibur is the the red-headed stepchild, even though it does well enough, Mm -hmm. and it is basically completely unique in the fighting game sphere yeah because it's the only one that focuses very heavily on the weapons of the characters right but yes generally after it's every five or so years a new soul caliber comes out and it's usually right after a new tekken right so and tekken 8 has been announced releases next year so now where are we going because like like let's think about this they've they've sort of combined elements of soul caliber 2 and, and the Soul start of three, three. right yeah. into so now where are we going in so, soul caliber seven <laughs> soul caliber seven to me would be i would have to say that you're probably going to see a combination of three into the start of four i would expect very similar things with them exploring more of grow and as well's various organizations right like actually bringing them more to the forefront the one thing that they probably won't do is um they're not going to be in a hurry to get into the plot line of five. Right. I think as far as what's going to happen with the, I mean, they alienated a lot of players yes. in five. I, I honestly think that they are going to abandon ship on the time skip arc. Uh-huh. 
I think I, what I would actually like to see is don't kill Sophitia. Yeah. She figures out a way to keep Pira alive without killing herself. And whether it be like she goes and beats the shit out of Cervantes again and just takes a piece of him. Hmm. So I think, and I think that's kind of gotta be it. Like I'm kind of in the middle. So here, here's what I'm saying. I do agree that, you know, something like keeping a fan favorite like Sofiti alive would be serviceable enough. I also do believe that I feel like this, the, the, the time skip is going to be struck from, from the history of Soul Galbert. Probably. So the, that's the thing, right? You could go because it goes from 1590 to 1607. There's 17 years of Siegfried's life to explore. Yeah. There's Keelik is training with Edgemaster. Shang Wa's doing her stuff. Song Mina's doing her stuff. And I think that the Soul Calibur fans as a collective are way more invested in that than they are invested in the tales of these newcomers. Yeah. And, you know, that that just were... The best one felt lukewarm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that that's kind of a problem that you run into with potentially trying to revisit these. We know that at some point... Patroclus and Pyrrha will likely make an appearance. Well, they're already technically know. alive. Yes. In the games. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean by like there was there was a long a long sewed story in Soul Calibur that led to these new characters. Yeah. But the way that they were introduced was just in a way that I don't think you know the Soul maybe fans. maybe even be able to run them concurrently. Like, just don't be afraid of showing characters being old. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I agree. Th- and I think in this, you know, <laughs> you know, we can argue, which we we tend to stay away from these topics, but we'll we'll argue that in the in the day and age of the overly PC, um, you know, community at large, I think that having a place for older characters is actually a bit more accepted now than it was before. Well, and I but, mean. Let's be honest. Even if they just go, Sophitia doesn't age because of her contact with Soul Edge. Cassandra doesn't age because of her contact with Soul Edge. Just fucking do that with uh, everybody. Also, you, know? you can make her a scrumptious 40-something-year-old. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough. I, I am not going to hate on the fact if you if you bring in a well-aged Sophitia, I'm not going to hate on that. So to break out of that thirst trap, um, maybe... How's this? What's the guest character going to be? For seven? Ooh. I don't know. That's tough because, like, they generally go with something that's coming out soon, right? No. Have they announced a uh, guest character for Tekken 8? Uh, no. They have not yet. I have one to throw out there. I don't know her name. Soul Calibur or Tekken? Soul Calibur. I don't know her name. This is going to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive. The one from Horizon Zero Dawn. Alloy? Yep. That's yep. That'd be interesting. Yeah. That's going to be my vote right now. So then what? Xbox gets fucking Master Chief? Um, that was in Dead or Alive already. I don't know if there's any type of exclusive rights to that. Well, um, I mean, we've already established that all these franchises are interconnected. Or are they going to get true. Doom Guy? Doom Slayer? The Slayer. Hold on, though. Hold on. We got to play in the in the same. They're futuristic. Fuck. We've already yes. had two B. Yes. You know what? We're gonna go with it because gonna... that's the thing, right? Soul Edge is evil enough to take make the Slayer take notice, and he that would, he would come to kill. Oh, that's kind of fucking sick. Okay, so we've got 
Alloy, <laughs> Doom Slayer, and Doom Slayer. Yeah, yeah. Who, who does? Uh, so it, we're, we're gonna we're gonna see a, a fantasy a fantasy situation where the next Nintendo console comes out and they announce Soul Calibur Seven for the Nintendo Switch Two, wherever the fuck it's gonna Samus. be called. Oh, Samus is a fucking good one though. Bayonetta. I could also see that one. Cause she kind of fits She's kind of like Swan. She's also a little fan servicey, which kind of fits Soul Calibur's thing, right? Yep. So that's it. We 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 and we've it. called it. Yeah, we've called it. Right. <laughs> We're gonna be right. The first <laughs> God of War um, Ragnarok Kratos. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Listen, listen. That's that's very much possible. No, I like Horizon Zero Dawn. I think the PlayStation because we've had Kratos in already, and they don't usually repeat guest characters. And I, I think that is the only reason. Because aside from that, it'd be a fantastic fit. Yeah. But if you think about it, they're all from generally like the same like. Time frame, kind of, you know what I'm saying? In that like, same vein. Yeah. In the, like the, yeah. They would all have motivations for being there. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And I think that. We kinda, called it. That that kind of works right here on Critical Hits. Yep. Good work, gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick, though. <laughs> and with that, we are at the last call. Um, we are Critical Hit. This has been Frosted Sugar Cookie um, by Southern Tier Brewing. Um, great, great beer. Um, Sheesh, great beer, great series. What, what a fucking deep dive. <laughs> there is so much in there. I feel like we took a major left turn by not going over Tekken. <laughs> See if that's coming out in like a few months. But whatever, I think we did it. We yeah, did great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're jumping to Soul Caliber Seven. Yeah, a yeah. Tale of soul and swords yeah. eternally retold. Yes, yes. Transcending history and the world <laughs> with Doom Slayer, Aloy, and Bayonetta. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> I like, I like that we have that. Um, now we have that soundbite. Um, <laughs> subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we will see you next Thursday. Until then, um, drink hard, play responsibly. Bye. Cheers, off, folks. Cheers indeed. <laughs>